0: Uh, today is Thursday, November
1: seventh. Good morning, Kathy.
2: Good morning. In the news this morning, the trial for Sean Kratz, one of the men accused of murdering a group of friends in Bucks County two years ago, began Wednesday. Prosecutors say 22-year-old Kratz of Northeast Philadelphia helped his cousin, 22-year-old Cosmo DiNardo, kill three of four men back in 2017. Bucks County prosecutors have alleged that Gennardo lured the four victims, ages 19 to 22, to his family's Solberry Farm under the guise of making marijuana deals. The victims' bodies were found. About after a five-day search, three of them have been were set afire and placed in a 12-foot deep uh, oil tank that was converted converted into a pig roaster. Kratz walked away with a plea deal earlier. uh, Walked away from a plea deal earlier this year. Bucks County District Attorney. uh, Kate Kohler open, said in her opening statements that uh, she painted Kratz as a cold-blooded killer who was on a mission to kill Rob Byrne and bury bodies along with his cousin. Now, Kohler told jurors that Kratz killed one of the victims and helped, while Donardo killed two others, then helped clean and cover up the evidence. Kratz's attorney, Charles Peruto, painted a different picture, calling his client an idiot and slow with a, with a tested IQ of 79. Peruto told the jury that his client is not a killer, but rather too terrified and lacking the inte- intelligent... Uh, wherewithal to do anything that would have stopped the lunatic dinardo so
3: when they're employing this when they they're giving a, a, a an iq assessment or mental stability assessment i've heard them use the word idiot in court so is that an acceptable so, it might yeah, be so. there might there be. are yeah.
4: yeah like more i, I did I learn it on this show? A that dumbass, like, I know used to be the go-to.
5: No, like
3: like
4: moron,
5: moron yeah, is yeah,
3: yeah. is an right. IQ level, right,
1: um, right? You know,
4: and then people have have adopted so it, it into just yeah. There, you know,
1: there are words that have that have changed into insults like ignorant, right. Things like that that have legitimate meaning. meanings. Yeah. yeah. So I and think it, idiot might still float in that it, legal. It very well might. Yeah. But but and, you know, this guy's but, dumbass. That's what it sounds like, yeah. though. Your, your honor, my client's an idiot. He's, so He's a, stupid, dumbass.
2: <laughs> I mean, come on. What it says in quotes yeah. that he referred to him as an idiot and slow.
1: Okay.
6: Yeah, Listen, did you say your client's a jerk-off? <laughs> it depends on the state, Steve, like most of these things that we talk about. But uh, the California Penal Code and, and some of the other states, um, it's uh, basically uh, persons who are mentally incapacitated. Okay, so, yeah, it's, and, it's and so it's term. applicable
3: here. Yeah. Because, Nick, they were, they were, you know, they, and you can even see all the, uh, the various anchors who are reporting. Kathy just sort of stalled a little bit saying it. He called him an idiot. Yeah. Oh man,
4: I, I had heard somebody, and, and pardon me, because I'm not using this this word yeah. out out of uh, turn here, but I heard somebody use the word retarded, right? But they weren't. It wasn't. Um, it was a clinical word. It was a clinical initially, word initially, yeah. And they weren't even talking about a, a person. They were. It was talking. They were talking about um, like a break retarded like, or something. Like yes. That? Yeah. But when I heard it, it was jarring. Like, yeah. oh. I was like,
3: oh my God, you can't say well, that. when you, you can retard the the, the progress of something. There's some various applications of the word. But mm-hmm. yeah, I know it's the way. Yeah, these things and, get.
1: And in lexicon throughout history, right. words can become taboo right. over yeah. time yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. change. And you, and you have new words that you have to get used to. And that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yes. it used to be a exactly. wedding blessing.
3: Right. <laughs> right.
6: It's evolved. Yeah. Now, what is it? A wedding blessing. I Not think like 200
4: years ago you were actually allowed to How did we say get here
2: from this story yeah our show yeah okay so Peruto said that Kratz was being preyed upon by a psychopath Kohler however uh, said that there were multiple times that Kratz could have called for help or even turned the gun on DiNardo. Donor- Donardo uh, she called the slangs just something fun to do for the day because they could Peruto said that his client was later manipulated into giving a recorded confession that is expected to be played in court now both men are expected to testify during the trial, the trial is expected to last about a week.
1: Kathy, can you please turn your vibrator off? <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's
1: it's so frustrating. I,
2: I, I think it may... I don't think they can hear Do it. people yeah, hear can. this? Yeah. I think this one
1: finally people can hear. Okay. Because okay. really? the, the we have construction that's been going on for months. You've heard us talk about that here at, uh, uh, at our building. And we, we have noises that we can hear in this soundproof room uh, because there's adjacent work being done, you know, to uh, rooms next to us. And... Okay can you can you Listeners, hear this can you hear this yeah let us know if you can hear that via no. the text messages because for the we've been hearing stuff for for weeks months now that we think has been too faint for you, the listener, to be able to hear. I think it finally I, might be close enough I, and loud I, enough that our listeners th- can hear
3: it. I think you're right. The uh, the out. little footage that uh, Nick Murphy got. You came in and you said, you need to hear oh. how loud it is over Nick Murphy's workstation. They were drilling or doing something <laughs> right over his area. And I mean, it was stupid
1: loud. Yeah. And I understand they got to get their work done. But sure. I, I was like, you, you think it's bad in here? You got to hear where Murph is born. I don't
2: know. So I record in another studio on Mondays. and and it is unbelievable, like louder than what we're hearing right now. And you can't hear anything on the mic. Okay, okay. no, no.
3: That, well, that's with the compression and everything. The processing on the microphone helps right. eliminate yeah. room noise. It's we'll just see.
4: weird though, because when all right, when they do like road construction, a lot of time, like the you know the like highways and stuff like that, they'll do it overnight because it's they're highly trafficked during the day, like. Can't
7: overnight.
4: but what I'm saying, I mean, they usually wrap up the road construction around six a.m. or whatever. They are. This they, is a this is a place of business. It's not just us. I mean, there are other places. Like, can't they work from? They're working all they night, are. dude.
3: They work all night. They work all dude, you, you night. You
1: missed the shift change when I come in. Yeah. Yeah. right before five a.m. Exactly. They're leaving. They're I'm coming really? in. The new yes. shift is uh, coming in, dude.
3: They work all night.
2: They've here. been working all night for months.
3: Oh yeah, and yeah, months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do.
4: Shouldn't they be done by
3: now? Well, in fact, we have. We're getting, not to go too much into this yeah. but there's there's an atrium that they're building outside in front of us and that doesn't uh that most of that the stuff that's going to be the real noisy stuff is going to happen in the overnight okay. But-
2: Okay, so DeNardo pleaded guilty oh, yeah. to three killings <laughs> uh, and that of a 19 year old as well. So uh, there was 19 year old Dean Finiciaro of Middletown Township, 21 year old Thomas Mayo of Plumstead, 22 year old Mark Sturgis of Pensburg, and then 19 year old Jimmy Patrick of Newtown. Uh, DeNardo is serving a life a life sentence,
4: and it's over marijuana, right, Kath? Uh,
2: yeah. Well, it, that that they said that they uh, it
4: was a drug. Uh,
2: they were lured there, yeah. yeah, for a marijuana deal. Mm. Uh, okay. Do you want to? Well, I'm checking our text dinner?
1: messages. Though it doesn't. I don't think our messages are working because we haven't gotten a message in I mean, an uh, We almost always funny. are getting them constantly through the morning. So of course, I mean, that's test. broken too. Okay. Uh, all right, let's go. How about ahead. I go
2: on with news? Yeah. A 10-year-old boy walking home from school was shot in the head when oh. gunfire erupted uh, from a passing car. According to Philadelphia police, it happened at 3.30 Wednesday in the city's Frankfurt section. Deputy Commissioner Joe Sullivan said the gunfire came from the backseat of a red or maroon Pontiac G6. The boy fell to the sidewalk after being shot. A woman rushed to the uh, try to help the child. She was cupping his head to try to stop the bleeding. The child was rushed to the hospital in critical but stable condition, and fortunately, he is expected to survive. Amazing. Amazing. Immediately after the shooting, dozens of police officers were deployed around the city to find the red Pontiac. Uh, uh, sorry, Philadelphia Police Captain. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm having a rough time. I, I could tried to print this out, and yeah. uh, the printer is not working. And a couple
3: of issues this morning. Well, but you're, and listen, you're doing a fine I can't job. see. I'm getting yeah.
2: old. Okay. Um, so Joe Sullivan. <laughs> you want, you want my glasses? Uh, Val- no, I don't think it's that. I right. I can't see uh, far away. It's not reading.
3: Give her back her vibrator.
2: Uh, so Joe Sullivan vowed to use all department resources to find the vehicle. He said, and then Philadelphia police captain John Walker said a person who was sh- uh, shot back at the Pontiac was taken into custody, but the shooter that was inside of the car remains at large. Walker said that they recovered the man's gun from inside a recycling bin. Anyone with information is asked to call police. Uh, the shooting comes less than a month after two shootings that left a two year old girl dead and 11 month old toddler fighting yeah. for his life.
3: Yeah. That's, uh, that's just insane. Yep.
2: The Montgomery County District Attorney filed a lawsuit against vaping industry giant Juul claiming the company is responsible for illegal uh, business practices aimed at turning minors into addicts. A civil complaint was filed in the Court of Common Pleas. The complaint says California-based Juul Labs Incorporated and local retailers Guru King of Prussia and Market 24 of Norristown violated Pennsylvania's consumer protection statute. The lawsuit claims Juul violators of the state law stem from their false and misleading marketing campaign designed to entice minors to vape, knowing they would quickly become addicted while knowingly concealing the actual potential harmful health effects and addictive characteristics of the product. Federal law prohibits e-cigarettes and all other tobacco sales to those under 18, but last year, one in five high school students reported vaping in the past month according to the government survey figures. Most recently, doctors in Delaware discovered that a teen had a lung injury that they believe is related to vaping. The teen had no symptoms, uh, but after a car accident, a CT scan showed that he had damage to his lungs. Uh,
3: So is there a nicotine level in this? Oh, yeah. How I mean,
4: much? and you can, all, I, well, it depends. I mean, yeah. you can go three milligrams. Okay, six. so you can pick yeah. them out. All right. Yep.
2: All right, in sports this morning. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell had 24 points and 8 assists as the Jazz beat the Sixers 106-104 to 104 last night in mm-hmm. Utah. The Jazz improved to 4-0 at home this season after holding the Sixers to one field goal over the final four minutes. Joel Embiid had 27 points and 16 rebounds to lead the Sixers, who have lost two straight games after a 5-0 start. Ben Simmons did not play in the second half because of right shoulder soreness after bumping into Royce O'Neal's chest in the first quarter. Simmons finished with 2 points and 2 assists in 10 minutes. The Sixers wrap up their road trip with the game in Denver tomorrow night. Tip-off is at 9 o'clock. Former Eagles wide receiver Jordan Matthews is an eagle once again. Matthews signed a deal with the team following Deshaun Jackson's injury. Matthews will likely begin his third stint with the Birds after the bye week. He should be on the team for their game against the New England Patriots on November 17th. And the Flyers have a game at home tonight against the Montreal Canadiens. The puck drops at 7 o'clock. And that's what I have for you this morning. Thank
1: you very much, Kathy. Hang on, I'm going to go to our caller here. Uh, Mike wants to comment on the buzzing, vibrating sound. Hey, Mike, how you doing, man? you guys at work. That's okay. <laughs> it's so, okay. can you hear that? That noise when I, we had it out?
8: I had to pull over because I thought my, something
3: was wrong with my car. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> well, that's a bad
1: sign. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, yeah. glad nothing's wrong with your car, Mike. <laughs> you appreciate it appreciate to yeah, too. Thank uh, you. Take care, you. <laughs> All right, so whatever we're gonna—it stopped for now, which
6: is which is a good thing. So I have uh, good news, Preston. There is a gorgeous sunrise on the horizon. Is there really?
1: so When we get into the break, come on over and see. Uh, Nice. I am going to take a look. Well, that that sun's going to keep it fairly warm today. Sixty is going to be a high. We'll have rain later on this afternoon. Then we turn colder. Forty-four. Are high on Friday and Saturday, so cool weekend this weekend. Uh, Guest-wise, on today's program, we have uh, comedian Dave Landau who's going to be here. He's going uh, to stop my Helium Comedy Club uh, tonight, Friday, and Saturday. So uh, he'll be here this morning at 9 o'clock hour, spend some time with him. Uh, I'm sure we'll give away whatever we have to give away a lot of stuff uh, in, our, uh, in our supplies. So stay close for a chance to win some goodies and, um, yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah, just a reminder, too. Um, I'm getting more and more, uh, emails, questions, uh, uh, support people that, that said they're going to be out camp out for hunger. Yes is coming up and the save the date has been out there for a little while now. Just to remind you, December 2nd is our first day of broadcasting live at the camp out for hunger. There's the business challenge. There's all the information you need to know the, the Acme Start. All that stuff at Preston and, and WMMR.com. So if you need the details, they are there and available for you.
4: Now, I've been asked a lot about volunteering for a camp out. And we are going to have uh, uh, submissions and, and an opportunity for you to volunteer because um, we, we need all the help that we can get. Yes. And, you know, people that are, will grab, you know, bags from, from listeners coming up with, with their donations and, and, you know, help sort of like uh, collating all, all that stuff. The, it's, it's on the way. All right, so just keep checking back at the website, like, every single day. Um, there is a link there. It's a kind of a dead link right now. But uh, you will be able to volunteer to help out at the Camp Out for Hunger very, very soon. And, of course, you can volunteer with Phil Abundance,
1: too. Yes. Because
3: they certainly need the help. So. Another great uh, thing to do.
1: So we're getting excited for that. And uh, we'll just keep reminding you of the uh, the impending date and all that good stuff. So, and, in fact, there's a little endorsement and a little announcement right after I hit this button that you'll hear all about. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with a Stupid Question up now. Love
0: Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks.
4: Hi, I'm Steven Singer, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. What does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, for starters, my competition really hates me. Watch as we get closer and closer to Black Friday. All my competition will start having their crappy sales. I must be in a business of idiots. What magical, mystical thing happened that made this diamond ring 70% less? You're just too smart to buy this crap. Buy real jewelry from a real jeweler. Come to Steven Singer on Jewelers Row, one place, one price. Or online at IHateStevenSinger.com.
1: Now. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, so the stupid question today. Uh, let's see, what, what are we going to give away today? We're going to give away a four-pack of tickets to join us, the Preston and Steve Show, at the happy place. We're going to be there next Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m., King of Prussia Mall. And you could get on board if you're going to answer this question in the story of the Pied Piper what two things does the Pied Piper lead away from the town? Ah huh, okay. 215263 WMMR were the two things that the Pied Piper leads away from the town. 215263, WMMR. Call now if you know the answer, we'll go through some birthdays today being Thursday, November 7th. Mr. Christopher Knight.
3: Peter Brady, yes. Here's
9: the story.
3: Peter Brady, the middle son, is uh, 62 years old today. Just saw him in that uh, in the special where they took the cast of the uh, the Brady Bunch back to the house, which they have since on the inside. We talked about this, remodeled to look exactly like the set of the TV show. Yeah, what was that like? It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. everyone was like. The cast was all like, "What? Wow, it's so cool. Well, yeah. I mean,
4: because it's crazy because the way the house looks on the outside doesn't lend itself no, to look no, what no, it no. looked like on the inside. They had they, to cheat a little bit. Yeah, And they, uh, but they had to do a lot. I mean, they had to gut everything and retrofit sure. all this stuff. It really, f- yeah. for an
3: architect's house with that many kids, it's an incredibly poorly designed <laughs> yeah. home.
1: Uh, Christopher Knight is 62 years old today. Uh, legendary folk singer and songwriter Joni Mitchell. Uh, celebrates her 76th birthday today.
3: I used to uh, not really like Joni Mitchell, and then I began to appreciate Joni Mitchell and her jazz yeah. capabilities. And now I think she's great. She's a very talented. musician. Yeah, yeah. You got to be in the mood. Yep, absolutely
1: uh, to, to hear that kind of music. But uh, and she and Graham Nash were a couple for a long time, and the song "Our House" was about their time yeah. uh, as a couple uh, living together. If you listen to those lyrics, you'll hear it. So Joni, and in fact, she wrote uh, the song "Woodstock." For, yes, she did, uh, and and they had a huge hit with it. Uh, oh, there you go, uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash did. Uh, so Joni Mitchell is seventy six years old today. Tommy Thayer is uh, the lead say the lead guitarist of Kiss. Uh, he wears Ace Freely's makeup nowadays. And, uh, and the he's... good thing
3: about him, Preston, yeah. he
1: knows when to shut up. Yeah, so he's learned. Ace didn't, and that's why he's not in the band anymore. <laughs>
3: he just don't piss off Gene. Take your, t- your check and shut up.
1: Uh, Tommy Thayer is celebrating his 59th birthday today, and Kiss is uh, is wrapping up, touring for good. They announce their final show will be in New York City. I have uh, some more details on that. Not really details about when and where that show will be, but uh, just information on uh, Kiss coming up in Music News later on. But uh, Tommy Thayer is 59 today. Another musician, Johnny Rivers.
3: I love Johnny Rivers. Yeah. He yeah. Did, he, was,
1: he was a uh, he was a talented singer, songwriter. He uh, recorded a,
3: a lot of his albums, Preston, with a live audience. Yeah. So a lot of times you'll oh, yeah. hear his albums and people go, yeah, in the, in, in the back and applauding. He did a song I love called Secret Agent Man. Yeah. He did a song called um, uh, The Poor Side of Town, which is great one time. of my absolute favorites.
1: It's a great tune. He also did a version of Rockin' Pneumonia and the Boogie Woogie Yeah. Flow.
3: He's a great guitarist.
1: 77 today. Judy Tenuta. I always liked her. The comedian with the. Uh, uh, yep, yep, the, accordion. The accordion, thank you. Was
4: that how she would laugh? Yeah, she had yeah. a whole bunch of different sounds. And- yeah.
1: I. She's one that I didn't get.
3: You know, so she, I, she's she's like,
1: was, I guess she's an acquired taste. She right? is
3: an acquired taste, and yeah. she was with. Uh, she actually dated another acquired taste, Preston, Emo Phillips. Oh, so I liked Emo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but her, I, I, I never quite got, but she was very successful. Uh,
1: 63 today. Uh, twin brothers. Now. You guys are going to have to bring me up to speed on who these people are. Jason London and Jeremy London.
4: Oh, yeah. They were from um, Dazed and Confused. Well, one of them was. Yeah, Jason was. Which one is really troubled? Uh. Jeremy, Jeremy was on Party of Five and Seventh Heaven.
2: I think. Oh, right. I, I remember think J- him. So he was they're, the they're boyfriend on Party of identical.
4: Five. Yeah. Yeah. They're identical. Yeah. And one of them, didn't he like fake being kidnapped or yeah, something like that? The whole deal. Like There's issues. Like, yes. You, major you know, actually remember, issues. you were reporting on this story a while
3: ago, and it was so convoluted uh, about him, yeah, I think he was, said he was put in the trunk of a car and taken wow. away. Yeah, he yeah. Had
4: major. Wait, so that was the
3: issues.
2: So the, the brother, the the less the less famous brother, was the one that.
3: I don't, oh, don't. know. I don't. <laughs> it's no. the problem know.
6: Identical twins. It's hard yeah. to distinguish which one is the complete sociopath. Jeremy's yeah. the one that was in Mallrats, right? Case and Jason was in. Yeah, Jeremy was in Mallrats. Jason was in Dazed and Confused. Okay, I, I, so, they were oh, both so relative, they're both
2: actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and they oh. both had successes,
6: mostly in the in the mid to late nineties. But um, they continue to act. All so, right, so,
2: it, so the the Jeremy was on Celebrity Rehab, Steve. With there you go. All true. right, so he's,
1: he, was the the guy, guy, one. he was the guy. He was the guy that was on Party Five and Seventh Heaven. Okay, so the more successful, I guess you could say, and more. Wouldn't it, uh, would it suck if they make the Jeremy London story and they don't call Jason London to play him? Right. Uh, so they're 47 today. Morgan Spurlock, the TV, uh, the filmmaker and reality TV stars, uh, Supersize Me, 30 Days and More. Is there a sequel to that one? Yes, tonight? there
6: is. Yeah, Supersize Me. He's oh, doing, really? He's
1: doing a second Supersize Me, yeah. Okay. Uh, he's 49 today. And then the last birthday, it is Lord's birthday today. Lord, Lord. Uh, The Australian uh, singer. She's 23. Lord, she,
3: she came on the scene when she was 16, man. Oh, yeah. It seems like that was just like two years ago. She thundered onto the scene, oh, no, became a, a, a bestie with Taylor
4: Swift. You remember that? Yeah. Well, Royals is a great song. All the other stuff. It was like, yeah, yeah. Learn how to write a song. Uh, besides that... That first song, it was, which was a really, really good so one. So you didn't care for it? No, nah, it was a follow-up, like Tennis or All something right, like fess that. All right, up. Uh, there was a song <laughs> How called... How Did Lord Hurt You? <laughs> she did not. Uh, there was a pretty good song
3: called... Um... <sighs> Oh, uh, Cincinnati Reds. No, it wasn't
5: Cincinnati <laughs>
3: Well, yes. you know, Royals. Yeah, Royals. yeah she's uh, from
5: Kansas City.
4: Yes. Uh, Took me a second.
1: We're on, oh, t- we're on each other's team. Team was that one. That was a pretty good song. Yeah. So Lord is uh, 23 today. But okay. uh, Casey says she sucks. So yeah.
4: Red. yeah, listen to she's Tennis a- Court, and you'll see how bad she really sucks.
1: Let's see if we can get an answer this stupid question. In the story uh, of the Pied Piper, what two things does the Pied Piper lead? Away from the town, two one five two six three 263 WMMR, and I will go to Phil for the answer. Hey, Phil. Hello. All right, Phil, what are the two things that the Pied Piper leads away from town? Rats
10: and small children.
1: Yes,
3: exactly. <laughs> Hang on. See what? We're going to get your information. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, what kind of instrument was he playing, <laughs> Uh It was a flute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here. Yeah. Uh, so,
1: hang on the line, we're gonna get your information, Phil, and, uh, and that was, that touches on the, um, remember we were talking about the, uh, uh the bizarre nature of some of those fairy
3: tales? Very and, dark. Yeah. So, see, so, he was a malevolent character, was he not? Well, he, he, they didn't pay him. Yeah. He, he led the rats out right. of town, yeah. and, and they, they, they welched on him, and he's
1: like, Took okay, kids. I'll take the kids. Yeah. So... Uh. Yes and no. Yeah. I mean, they screwed him over, and he got back at him. So that's that's what happened. But, but when it's, he he showed pretty terrifying. Yeah.
4: that he would lead the children away. Yes, Casey. I was going to say when he showed up in Shrek, and you were playing that. That was that was a really cool part in the movie. Don't you remember this? Do you think who's more talented, that character in Shrek or Lord? Uh, this character okay. in Shrek. All right, I've had too much coffee this morning. I'm going <laughs> to.
5: You don't remember this. <laughs> I was
1: And I was watching Shrek yesterday, but I came in, like, halfway through it, so. Oh. All right, but anyway, uh, he got it right. We're going to the Happy Place for a pack of Yay! tickets for Phil, and this is <laughs> next Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m. We are going to be there. The interactive and immersive exhibit ex- uh, features more than 15,000 square feet of playful spaces and cheerful moments, and it's been called the most scrambled pop-up in America. Tickets are now available at happyplace.me, and it's in the King of Prussia Mall, will be there uh, until January 5th, and it's where J.C. JCPenney was inside the mall. All right, I have some stories to get to. Let's go with this. Celebrity images are being used to falsely endorse products, and some stars are taking a stand. Sandra Bullock and Ellen DeGeneres both filed lawsuits challenging what they call the
3: celebrity endorsement theft industry. I've seen these ads. I've seen a lot of ads that I know are not actual celebrity endorsements. But they're yeah, using their images.
2: Like it'll, I see um, Jennifer Aniston all the time. It says, Jennifer, look what Jennifer Aniston's wearing or something
3: oh, like that. Or look, look here, here is the fruit extract that Oprah used to lose 30 pounds.
2: And another one I see mm. is, um, see what Jennifer Aniston says about these leggings. So it's not like... I, and I don't. I never click on it, so I don't know if what happens once you click on it. I'm sure it takes you to their site, but I it's clearly not an endorsement. Yeah, that, there's no way they're, they're, they're involved yeah.
1: in. Yeah, so Sandra and uh, and Ellen, they have been apparently get used for beauty products and particularly
3: skincare
2: quite yeah, a bit. I've seen the Ellen ones too. There are a lot of um, beauty products for her.
3: It's um, also like a Lord's uh, songwriting uh, course, <laughs> right? Right. It's a it's scam. A, it's a scam.
1: Unfortunately, it can be difficult to target uh, specific individuals in these cases. Cases, the suit refers to them as does and accuses them, D-O-E-S, I don't know why,
10: does and
1: uh, accuses them of using templates to swap out the name and product being sold.
3: Yes, because I, I know for a fact, and when this when the, I was uh, seeing this thing pop, I guess it was on TMZ yesterday, uh, the, both Sandra Bullock and Ellen DeGeneres appeared in ba- the exact same ad virtually yeah. with the exact same... Um, statements and their recommendations, and so they just swap the pictures out.
1: The Federal Trade Commission has warned the public about this in the past, citing other celebrity victims like Stephen Hawking and Anderson Cooper.
3: Stephen Hawking was—they uh, had him for commercials for the Bowflex. Preston, and you know that that was probably ridiculous, not
1: legitimate. Hey, new outfits designed for Queen Elizabeth II will not use real fur. Buckingham Palace has just announced this. Uh, the royal spokesperson spokesperson said. As new outfits are designed for the Queen, any fur used will be fake.
3: We will no longer be using real fur. <laughs> but we will. But we won't be using real fur. But oh, we will.
2: No, but they said they were not going to throw away her fur Correct. clothing. Yeah, yeah, She'll wear yeah. them if she owns it, but yeah. moving forward, it's not going to be real.
1: The palace acknowledged the queen will continue to rewear existing outfits in her wardrobe, alluding that the decision does not mean the long-reigning long monarch will dispose of real fur items that she already owns. When we were in London, you guys went to uh the Tower of London, yes, right? Yes, yes. Did you go into the the where they keep the the crown jewels and everything? I did, yeah. So they have a lot of also uh long robes and things right. like that that have these big fur uh collars on them. Right, arms, I remember like that. that. Yeah, now that you, so, you mentioned it. So those they're yeah. going to stay obviously, they're, but she, they're, they're going to hang on to those. So.
3: She's made the personal choice to wear out in public mostly spanks. Okay, right? Yeah. All right, fair enough. They <laughs> listen, they they work. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know what I've wondered about those
1: big furs that they would wear in these in these ceremonial outfits is so there's white fur with these kind of black spots on them, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. And I I never could did is, they just dye, they dye it? Little whites those black spots. I can't imagine
3: what animal would yield that yeah. fur. I
2: that.
1: Thought it
3: looked really
2: cool. I think it's it's just like the, the coloring, like it's almost like the end of the of the hair, right? Is that what you're talking about? So yeah. not all of them have it. Right. Like it's almost like a discoloration.
1: Uh Yeah, they're black spots. Yeah, essentially is what they look like. Like a Dalmatian. Yeah, kind of like that. Oh, smaller. They're they're Dalmatian fur.
3: Oh my God! (laughs) We will no longer be wearing Dalmatians. Uh, You'd have to see. I'll have to
1: show
2: you. Somebody gave me a real fur coat. It is absolutely beautiful. Um, and it does. I don't know if it's exactly what you're talking about, but does have a little bit discoloration on it. But I have never once worn it.
5: Yeah.
3: Honestly, Kathy, it's not
2: really all that comfortable. It's kind of itchy.
3: You feel sort of bad, a but but B. Um, they're it's apparently that. a nightmare to pay to get cleaned. They have to be cleaned in a, in a special way. It's too much.
1: Some of that expensive stuff. Like I've told you cashmere. I, I somebody got me that I wore one time. I'm like, it's a thousand degrees so in this high. thing. And Preston, it can be super thin. <laughs> All right. So we're looking at a picture. That's what I'm talking about. With yeah. those Black yeah. spots. on I always thought those were pretty.
5: cool. Oh, like okay, my okay, black okay. spots? Yes. <laughs>
1: Uh, The announcement thrilled animal welfare activists who have previously called out the queen for sporting fur on ceremonial robes, coats, hats throughout the years. Uh, The Humane Society said our head of state going fur-free sends a powerful message that fur is firmly out of fashion and does not belong with brand Britain. Um, As for Kate Middleton, the Duchess of Cambridge uh, is known to occasionally wear fur, but but is said to ensure that it is ethically sourced. Did they
3: suspend, um, I don't even know if they do them anymore, but ceremonial fox hunting? I, you know what? I think they don't
1: kill the foxes anymore. They rehabilitate them. Something like that. I don't know. So, uh they black... may exist in
6: some right. circles, though. The black spots, Preston, are from an animal called an ermine, which is like a weasel, and uh, they make the furs out of them. They have black spots on no them. I'm kidding. Yeah, so it's a specific type of animal that makes okay. those uh, really fancy furs, and it's... Um, uh, they're bred for that purpose. I didn't know that. So that that okay. fur
3: color configuration
6: yeah. is an authentic fur found on a particular
3: animal. Yeah, the uh, Robert Irvine. You said no, 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 ermine. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> it looks
1: like a you know like a mink or something yeah. like that. Nick pulled up a, a picture of the. animal. So when they
3: say there. a mink stole.
6: What does the stole refer to? I think a stole is just another way of referring to a fur, but it's a, a shorter... Isn't the stole, like, over the shoulders, not an entire coat? Do you know You know what I've always found sort of jarring?
3: And, and my aunt had one. The dead animal? Yeah. The whole animal? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Big stole that
3: had the face and head on it? Yeah, when are we yeah. going on the mastodon
1: hunt? Yep, exactly. And that's it, like in... Uh, we were talking about coming to America yesterday. King Joffrey uh, has a full lion head <laughs> right. as, as his yeah. cape. It's pretty weird seeing that. All right, so anyhow, uh, Meghan Markle, meanwhile, reportedly has a strict no-fur policy and eschews the look in favor of sustainable design uh, featuring faux
3: fur. However, she refuses to give up her pig roast.
1: Uh, Hey, this is interesting. A Hollywood film company, I'm sure you saw this, Steve, plans to resurrect iconic actor James Dean and cast him in a new movie via special effects technology. Magic City Films announced Wednesday that it has obtained the rights from Dean's family to cast him posthumously in a secondary lead role in a Vietnam-era action drama called Finding Jack.
3: See, I what I heard, it was going to be the Tooth Fairy 2. No. <laughs> uh,
1: the movie, based on a novel of the same name by uh, Gareth Crocker, will tell the true story about the abandonment of thousands of canine units as surplus military equipment after the end of the Vietnam War... And the adventure that ensues when a smitten
3: soldier refuses to leave his best friend behind. This is a dog movie. This is, so, okay, so will he appear as James Dean within the movie or as James Dean, uh, well, James Dean would be you know what right I know? at the earliest, earliest days of the Vietnam conflict. Yeah. We uh, wouldn't even be, in, he died in what, 65? Yes. Uh, so that's an interesting question, Steve. Or is he actually I, playing
1: a A, 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 a character. character is what I thought, but you know what, of that time... Maybe. Well, he would, I think no, he, no, he, he would have too early. Yeah, he died in 56. Oh, I'm so sorry. Now. Yeah,
3: so it would have been too I early. Think 65? Okay. All right,
1: so uh, casting of live actors for the film is underway. Dean, born in Indiana in 1931, lived fast, died young. He was 24, made a big impression in Hollywood. He only had three film roles.
3: Let me see if I can. If I, if I, yeah, uh, go ahead. Rebel Without a Cause, mm-hmm. Giant, and East of Eden. That
1: is correct. And so Rebel Without a Cause and East of Eden both came out in 1955, and then Giant was released in... In 1956, after his death, so he made that big of an impression in that short of time. So
3: he rocked the method acting community. He was a Lee Strasberg student, I believe, and and, uh, so he was of that Montgomery Clift, Marlon Brando school, that kind of set acting on its ear, Yeah, and uh, that's where the legend was born. I'll be curious, though, Preston, with the ability of these deep fakes, and, you know, like they did the the Tron movie where they had Jeff Bridges as a a younger version of himself.
1: Well, and also uh, the... um... Tony Stark? Nope, uh, it's Star Wars, uh, the 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 one that we really like.
3: Oh, uh, Rogue One,
1: uh, Rogue One, yeah. where they have the uh, um, the general uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. The, yeah. No, no, who's the actor? Peter the, Cushing. Yeah, yeah. yeah So yeah. they redid him, and it was it's pretty, pretty close, pretty damn pretty flawless. Close. Yeah. yeah. So if they can pull that off, they might be. And they they've probably sharpened their skills since then. Yeah, uh, yeah.
3: I, I, there's a, it's sort of a, a split um, feeling about this because there again, is. Uh, for example, you you take like the uh, the Irishman where they have you know, Pacino and De Niro, and they're de-aging them. But what about actors they could get to play those roles? I mean, how long are they going to wring the acting out of current actors and sort of block new actors from getting those roles? And now dead actors. Dead actors. Uh, Imagine you go up for a role and you're beaten by a dead actor. So the film's
1: producer, Anton Ernst, noted in a statement that uh, Dean's family considers finding Jack to be Dean's fourth film role. (laughs) Uh, they said, we search high and low for the perfect character to portray the role of Rogan, uh, who... Which, Joe Rogan. Which has uh, some extreme, complex character arcs, and after months of research, we decided on James Dean. and said, we feel uh, very honored that his family supports us, and we'll take every precaution to ensure that his legacy, as one of the most epic film stars to date, is kept firmly intact.
6: I think all this stuff is really cool. I think at the end of the day, though, uh, at this point, like, people don't... if the If the movie stinks... None of the technology is going to matter. No, but, you're you know right. What, so, like, if the story's no good and the acting's no good, it doesn't matter if James Dean is in a new movie because people will find the novelty of that um, of fleeting and then just go right past it. Now they will have to pay, pay an actor to voice it. I would imagine so. Somebody will yeah. get
1: paid for part of that role, but not nearly what a an actor using all of their skills would. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's 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 a weird new age we live in. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is this is pretty cool. In addition to wrestler and actor, we can add philanthropist to John Cena's resume with over 600 make-a-wish requests granted. He has granted more wishes than any celebrity in history. I didn't know that. In a recent interview. And we
3: talk all the time.
1: With People Magazine, Cena recalled the first day he met one wisher, a young fan of WWE. Uh, He says, I said, if you ever need me for this ever, I don't care what I'm doing. Uh, I don't care what I'm doing. I will drop what I'm doing. And I will be involved because I think that is the coolest thing. Uh Cena also gets the most requests at Make a Wish. Other stars usually don't usually pass three hundred. Uh, but Make a Wish isn't the only charity that he supports. He recently donated a half million dollars to the Los Angeles Fire Department Foundation for the fires that are taking place. And he's uh, obviously uh has that picture playing with fire where he's yes. a fireman in it. But but yeah, over six hundred Make-A-Wish request. That's pretty
6: amazing. It's amazing. I've done some work with Make-A-Wish over the last two years, and um, he is just, as you would imagine, revered in their offices. He, they talk about him as if he were almost like a god. He just he, he never says no. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Uh, Alejandra Silva, the wife of actor Richard Gere, is pregnant with the
3: couple's second child. And the, did you see the turnaround on this? No. So they had a kid eight months ago. Oh my God! Yeah. So this is. Oh a, yeah, it her... says they
1: welcomed one, a baby boy in February. Yeah, and this one's expected to arrive in the spring. Wow! They got Ba-bam. to bam. <laughs> yeah. We
3: talked about this yesterday. This is yeah, uh, trash, just, but but I mean, this is more of the story. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: both Gear and Silva have one other child from their previous marriages, uh, but together they are parents to the baby boy that they welcomed in February, and they got another one coming again.
3: How, how long are you supposed to wait before you are um, permitted to uh, get it on after the birth of a baby?
4: depends on the woman. You, you heard of Irish twins, though, right? Yes, yeah, I have. Yeah.
3: Okay. yeah. Not that long. I mean, as far as the doctor
1: what do they suggest? recommendations for, 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 for
4: repair
3: work yeah. and all that. Um, let the Army Corps of Engineers come in and patch that up. <laughs> I, I think don't
2: know. a lot goes on down there. It depends on if you push the baby out right. or if you the know, crew
3: works through the night.
2: If there was some yeah. stitching and things like that. I think it all depends. They but. probably
1: give you a suggested time frame, but then say whenever you're feeling up for it. On know, the way so. to the car. <laughs> uh, okay, John Stamos. John or, Stamos, or maybe someone on his team flubbed on Twitter by liking a tweet that references Aunt Becky going to jail.
6: John Stamos.
1: Uh, the tweet praises Stamos's performance in The Little Mermaid, uh, but not. But not without uh, prefacing it with an Aunt Becky dig, as what good Aunt housekeeping. Beg, Aunt, Beg, Aunt Becky dig. I said Aunt Becky. <laughs> Yeah, because a big dick, dick.
3: <laughs> hey, you, did dig, you know, And big dick, <laughs> a Beggy dick. I did that. <laughs> he had to get out of porn because he had a big. Uh, yeah. It's a gray area. No. Chuck's not, Chuck and Bill aren't here today, I don't think. Either. Well, I- if you make it one word, it's totally fine. Yeah, uh, It's not. So it not. <laughs> CMZ
1: reached out to Stamos's team, but no word as of yet on that. Uh, Hayden Panettiere is back with her ex Brian Hickerson. Uh she's was... a fighter, is it? No, no, that was Klitschko. Yeah. I don't know who this guy is, but they had uh, they had separated, remember? They were seen walking together through an airport together 1 month ago a felony domestic violence charge against him was dismissed citing failure to oh, secure boy. a material witness. Uh, sources say that Panettiere's family still don't approve of their
3: relationship. Did, well, she she had severe postpartum depression. Do you remember that a while yeah, ago? Yeah. And I thought when Heroes that show came out, I thought she was poised to be the next big thing. Yeah. And then there seemed to be a lot of stop-start things going on with her career. She did pretty well in Nashville.
6: She did. Yeah. And
3: uh, that
6: show. She came had to leave like... the
3: show because of the, the uh,
1: postpartum oh, she depression. Did?
6: Yeah. Okay. Her daughter lives with Klitschko in uh, Ukraine. No kidding. Yeah, so uh, Klitschko is 43. They share a daughter, Kaya, who is only four, and she lives abroad without her mother. God, he
1: is gigantic, yeah. and she is teeny <laughs> tiny. <laughs> Unbelievable. It was so wild to see them together. Uh, Shay Mitchell, who is from Pretty Little Liars, recently uh, turned to Instagram. Uh, she revealed the unique name of her daughter and the first pictures. Can I guess? Yeah. Not a, but yeah. No. Mm. That's, that hasn't caught on yet. Uh, but uh, it was a heartfelt post of her holding her new baby, and she has named the baby Atlas. Uh, she goes on to say that hmm. she will always be her biggest fan. So Atlas is a baby girl, I guess. I would when I hear
3: Atlas, I would no, I would assume a guy. I would too. Yeah. yeah, since Atlas in Legend was a guy and Charles Atlas, Charles I Atlas, of too. You know, we asked you to gamble a stamp to uh, not get sand kicked in your face on that's, the beach. That's right, uh, and that she is already so
1: proud to be. <laughs> Her mama. So, uh, there you go is All the, right. the baby. Uh, let's see. From the mind of James Corden comes a new television show set to air on CBS. The show is called Game On. I have very little details of this, but it is a combination of comedy and sports. Uh, it's a game show, and it's hosted by comedian and actor uh, Keegan-Michael Key. Well, he's good. Yeah,
3: he's pretty great. There's a whole bunch of shows that I actually have lost track of, game shows that are hosted by celebrities with careers. Uh, by, th- go ahead. I was going to say, Casey, wasn't Keegan Michael Key the
1: host of uh, Jeopardy? Or, I mean, um, uh, on. Uh, it's always sunny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when
4: Deep. <laughs> Case. When top, deep breaks. Top the five episodes. Oh, no doubt. Top five episodes it of all so time. was so funny.
1: Um, and then, let's see. Just one other story, and that's it. In uh, very little detail on this, Ben Affleck has been cast as the star in Robert Rodriguez's new action thriller called Hypnotic. Oh, cool. Uh, he'll be playing. Batman? A- no. Damn it. A detective whose daughter goes missing.
3: Uh, the big budget film
1: is also set uh, to begin production in
3: April. And The Accountant 2 is coming out soon. Seriously? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's I, fantastic. That movie came out of the blue. I liked it. I had no idea what I was getting into, and I really enjoyed it. All right. Uh, we're ready for Clips Now.
1: Well, here's your Batman, Steve. Three years after Batman disappears, Kate Kane must become the symbol of hope for Gotham City and Batwoman. In this clip, Ruby Rose talks about playing the best superhero she can. Here we go.
9: That's the most exhausting. That's the most like emotionally, physically, spiritually exhausting part to play is taking on board all of that, knowing her story, living her story, trying to find the truth and the essence in her story, and depict it in a way that, you know, is as authentic as it can be.
1: Uh, she uh, where's she from? She's from Australia, okay. I believe. A lot like our new uh, digital guy. <laughs> yeah.
9: Oh
2: my god! And he, I saw Bill Weston in the hallway yesterday after his lunch, and he was like, "Are you guys going to mention that on the air?" Yes, yeah, we, we are. are.
1: Yeah, we
4: should. Nobody <laughs> knows what we're talking about right we now. Met yeah. our, we met our
1: new director of digital for Beasley, the entire company yeah. that we work for. This guy is running the entire digital program. Yeah. All of our nice guy websites, social media, yeah. all this stuff. Man, I'm a very nice guy. And we're talking for like 15 minutes or so, conversation back and forth with him. And Bill, out of nowhere, goes, so where are you from? You're from Australia? And we all look at each other going, what?
3: What do
2: well, you I mean? Win? He's like, well, it's like I, I detect a little bit of an accent. And the <laughs> rest was... of the room, the other 10 people in the room were like, there's no accent. At Not all.
3: a scintilla. <laughs> Not is completely bereft, if anything, a neutral Midwestern type of he's accent. He's from
8: Utah. There you
3: go. So, so I go. I go to him. You know, I, I say. So, is it tough being a woman with a beard?
5: <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, uh, oh my god! And Bill, Bill's and like, and so,
1: we would. I, I, oh, and yeah, at the end, he's like, hey, "So, uh me and Chuck are going to take out to lunch." I go, "You guys going out backstage?"
4: <laughs> but then the we just um, wouldn't
6: let it go. Bill,
4: Bill, was so embarrassed, and I and I understand this. He tried to like pass it off as he was, as if sure. it was a joke. No, I meant to say that it was just so outlandish, you know. It was like, a, you know, it was like asking if he was from Mars or something, you know. He was <laughs> like, so what embarrassed.
5: Here, what it is was... he hearing? But that's
3: the beauty of Bill. What was... makes him a, a top-level program director? Also, it makes him ask people, "How is that completely to... devoid of uh, Australian accent?" <laughs> I, I, I don't
5: see the
4: they're,
6: connection.
5: <laughs> they're,
4: they're not related,
2: <laughs> but like he was—he, Bill was kind of like running the meeting, and and it was like so commanding, like no one was speaking at the time, and he just went for it, and yeah. we all looked at him like it was nuts.
1: Yep, <laughs> it was a pretty awesome moment.
2: <laughs> it was a great moment.
1: Batwoman, which stars Ruby Rose, who is from Australia, uh, okay. airs on Sundays at eight p.m. on the CW. So, yep. quick little thing, if I may,
3: <laughs> you you had said about when I think Ruby Rose is 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 pretty dynamic in uh, in uh, John Wick Two. In this, though, Preston, uh, as Batwoman, when you see her get into fights, she's so small... Yeah. ...that you're like... <sighs> really kind of hard to buy? Yeah. Yeah. You really do? You are having a tough time with this one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, well, let's do the next clip. Here we go. In Last Christmas, Kate's life takes an interesting turn after she takes a job at a department store for the holidays. And here, director Paul Fag. Explains his unexpected first impression of the film's star, Amelia Clark. I sat with Amelia.
10: You know, it was like four
0: years ago. I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. She just done something on Broadway and got these amazing reviews. So I was like, I have to meet her. And she was in town, so she came to my office and we had this like one hour meeting. And she was funny.
1: Sorry, no, it's Shut my fault. F- I was late on your cue. Uh, so uh, Last Christmas hits theaters tomorrow.
3: So this seems to be a um, a. Comedy, but with a romantic um, and serious and side to it because she's obviously sick, and that's what Last Christmas is about. So I, I get a, a Hallmark vibe from this I when do. I see the trailer. Yeah. So, but he's he's done great comedy work. So yeah, yeah, we'll see yeah. we'll see what it, it
1: uh, what it is. Last Christmas hits theaters tomorrow. So there you go. And that's your entertainment report for the day. Uh, let's take a break, shall we? We are gonna come back in just a moment. Am I giving these away? Hey. Yeah, man. All right, you know what? I'm going to give away a four-pack of tickets to join us for the happy place. Hey! Next Thursday, one week from today, King of Prussia Mall, we, the Preston and Steve Show, will be there for Preston and Steve Night, 6 to 8 p.m. If you would like to go, give us a call right now. We'll take caller number 50. at 215-263-WMMR. It's called the most Instagram pop-up in America. Tickets are on sale now via happyplace.me. It's here through January 5th, occupying the space where JCPenney was inside the mall. So call number 15, a four-pack of tickets. We'll be back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us.
7: kids proudly supports Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger, beginning Monday, December 2nd, at Xfinity Live in the Wells Fargo Center Complex. If scheduling prevents you from attending in person, you can still make a difference. Stop by your local Acme throughout November and make a donation at the register. Just look for the Camp Out can when you go. Your donation goes towards foods that Phil Abundance needs most to help area families. Go to WMMR.com slash Camp Out for complete details. And a list of especially needed food items, Acme Markets, and 933
1: WMR, putting Philly first. Hey, there's a new daily rush video for you to uh, check out. Uh, the title of it is F Hunger in the Butt. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: our new
5: slogan
1: for and, Camp Out. Yep, it says Camp Out has a new slogan, F Hunger in the Butt. And <laughs> you can watch it now yeah. at PresidentSteve.com, sponsored by Punchline Philly, Comedy Club, restaurant, and bar. And speaking of the butt. Uh, can I do a shout-out real quick? All good to go. Uh, this is... Hey, bitches, Gadzook. Sorry to bother you at work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my name is Greg Gonzalez, and I'm a diehard listener and podcaster from the central coast of California. Ooh. And I was hoping to get a shout- sh- <laughs> I was hoping to get a shout-out slash butthole for my brother, who is helping fight the Kincaid Fire. Oh, wow. Uh, I told him about the five-day challenge, and he's been listening for several years now. Wow. A shout-out for him and Crew29... Uh, would make his day. It would totes make his day. Totes for goats. And uh, if and when you get the crew to broadcast from California, how do I get getting tickets for that? Thank you in advance from Greg. So if you get the sharp, we'll do the. I with
3: the shark. You, oh Yes, good
1: yep. to go. All right, uh, here we go. So there you go, man. Good luck and in, uh, in fighting the fire. Uh, we appreciate that, uh, Greg, for checking in. and Hope your brother's going to be safe.
4: I am so impressed that I remembered this name. I got to do a short out real quick before I forget. I met somebody who last night, whose cousin listens every single morning. Huge fan. She works in King of Prussia. Her name is Jackie Buechler. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Jackie Buechler. Jackie Buechler. There you go. Here's your all short right. out. Thank all you for listening. Right.
1: Here's another quick one. Um, longtime listener, currently listening to all of the Presidency podcasts on so my train to work every day. I'd love to get a shout-out to my amazing husband, Grant. I've transformed him into an avid Preston and Steve listener, and he absolutely loves your show. Our seven-year anniversary is October 27th, so I missed it by that much, (laughs) and I think he'll get a kick out of having his own personal shout-out. Grant, I love you, and I'm so happy to be your wifey, she says. Thanks, you guys, and uh, keep being funny. That is from Kim Rounds. (laughs) So she got
3: her hubby to listen. I love hearing that. Honestly, that's great, because you you always ask, just take take the challenge, the five-day challenge, and uh, if you don't... I like it that's fine but uh, you might find something that you do like and then
1: one last one my hubby and i are longtime listeners moved to uh the state with tax-free uh coyotes years ago <laughs> uh, so we podcast every day i want to give this uh first-time daddy the biggest juiciest shout out as we find out the sex of our first baby on october 30th uh it was a total surprise getting pregnant difficult uh, and we lost two angel babies in the nine years we've been together. We also celebrate our fourth wedding anniversary on Halloween, so it's the biggest anniversary present I can give him. Thanks again, Presbo and the crew, <laughs> and I'm sorry to bother you all at work. Thanks from uh, Christina Gallagher, so here you go. And speaking of Presbo, I got this uh, email from Jason uh, yesterday. I think he goes, hey, man." I was donned with the, and, and his his uh, his subject line was, Presbo, welcome to the Bo Club. It says, I was donned the nickname J-Bo back in college, and it has stuck with all my friends. They all call me J-Bo, so welcome to the
3: club. I think Presbo is here to stay. It's It has stuck. Yeah, and so, the father of that,
1: uh, Pierre Robert? Pierre Robert came up with the very first Presbo. <laughs> okay, Presbo. <laughs>
3: <laughs> J Bo. Whatever, what is, what is uh, not to go off on a tangent here, yeah. but I've heard the the Bo thing attached many times. Yeah. Uh,
4: and wh- what is the, is it? Is it Rambo?
5: Is there a
3: derivation of it? Well,
4: Jimbo has Jimbo
1: always been a, an old We had a Lebo, room.
4: Lieberman. We called him Lebo. Yeah, my best,
1: one of my best friends is uh, Jeff Lieberman. Lie- Lebo. Le- you call him Lebo? call him Lebo. Okay. Yeah. It's just, some things just lend to it, I guess. Diane Bo. But Jimbo. That's what I call my wife. <laughs> Jimbo was always. As the to go to, Jimbo.
3: Hey, Jimbo. Hey, Jimbo. Yeah, so. Presbo is, is great. I
1: don't know. Who knows. <laughs> hey, I saw this very interesting article, and I'm curious about you guys here on the show and, and, uh, and people listening as well. It was a survey of over 2,000 Americans, and they found that 74% of respondents had or currently have a role model. And for those who do, the average person has four Role models. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Four role models per person, and uh, results revealed that intelligence, leadership skills. And confidence in their abilities are the top three characteristics we admire in those that we look up to. Well, and I've got some breakdowns of this that I'll get to
3: in a moment. But... I can tell you that I have a foot model, <laughs>
5: and
1: that's you.
3: That's a, fo- I draw inspiration. I'm a foot model. I'm not a role model.
1: <laughs> um, you know, and I was I was doing a little. Could you come up with any soul person? searching? And I don't. I can't say definitively, that's my role model. No, you know I've, heard, I mean? I've
3: heard people say it and say it in all earnestness that they, they have somebody and they can pinpoint a person. I think having four people is – I can't – I'm trying to come up with one. <laughs> I feel kind of empty because of that fact. I, 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 I disagree. People, I
4: bet you you do. People well, can it,
3: influence us. Yeah. But I, when I think about a role model, I think I, I'm going to be like that person. I'm going to I'm going to do what they're doing. No, I
4: think it's if, – if it's up to four, Steve – I think it's a little people bit more. that. Well, no, I think it's things that you adopt from people that you like. I, I think Doctor Mike is a role model for you. I well, no, really I think do. It goes
2: back to. I, you, can you think of anybody in your life at all? Like even when you were younger? I don't think it necessarily has to be right now. In yeah, your life.
1: because uh, Batman. Now there are certainly people that I admire, and that's that's a different story. I think. I think the that's the a role d- model.
3: D- I, I agree. You know what I, mean? I agree a hundred percent. A role model. I've I've thought of. Wow. You know, you you and uh, Casey were talking about a, a, a someone. Well, I, what 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 are the attributes of a classic role model as defined by this? I can give you one for for a while there, where I was like,
1: "Man, that guy's cool. He's got it together. I'd like to be like him." And that was our former uh, general manager, John Fulham. Here, John Just Fulham, everything yeah. about yeah. that guy, every bit of confidence, the niceness, the, his success, his his
3: ethics, and all that. I'm like. That's a guy I want to be like. Um, you know who you did those? I tell you, I'll tell you someone who you did consider a role model. Hmm. Um, you talked about a broadcaster. I think you would consider this person a role model in St. Louis. Who, yeah, who had yeah. A, a role model as far as your career. Yeah, Rich Dalton.
5: Right,
1: and, and, then, and then it became yeah.
3: Pierre. Here, you said. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right? And then I got to know him.
6: Yeah. No. And then he called you Presbo. <laughs> then he called me Presbo. Huh. Well, getting to know somebody like that it, it presents problems because you realize that they're not uh, infallible. Right. You know, and, and so nobody is. And, and I think, mo- though, with
3: Pierre, though, getting to know him more, the more it confirms his role model
1: status, yeah. Yeah. the way he conducts his life.
6: But
3: as what I hear through the
1: speakers, absolutely. 100%. M- most definitely, yes. yes.
2: So I think it took me a little, bit wo- a little while to think to know who my role model was. Like I didn't know growing up. Does that make sense? And and, and then, and then I realized, and it might, you do
3: some reflection and then you can think of (sighs) it in clearer terms.
2: And John Fulham is a great example because there are things in my life, in my career that I actually took from him. Um, And and how he ran the company and how he ran his life. And um, just anything from from professional to even there were some personal things. So I would 100% call him a role model for me. But then the two people that I think had the biggest impact on my life, um, and it might sound cliche, but my mom and my dad. I took... Um, my, my generosity and, and uh, the willingness to give back for my mom and hard work and going to work every day and that that's, that's a way of life and that's what you have to do for so my dad. So
3: y- your real mom, Janis Joplin? Right. Or... No, no, no. <laughs>
2: that was my, that's my musical talent. Okay. I take that <laughs> oh, from her.
3: Oh God. Yes. <laughs>
1: um, well, that's number one and two on the list. Yeah. Mom and dad on this survey, but it took, and me a I feel little... kind of bad because I'm like, no, my dad's not my role model. So here's but the deal: it took me a little
2: uh, while I, to no? realize that it was my mom and dad. I didn't know until a little bit later that okay, I get my work ethic from my dad, and I get this, you know, having to give back and always trying to help somebody from my mom. If
3: those are the parameters of, of a role model, then my dad and my mother have certainly. No, I my mother passed away when I was twenty, uh, or, you know, one years old. So, I, but she, she, uh, she, uh, there was so much I took from her in her approach to life, her ability to compartmentalize and not let everything come crashing down on you. I've I, you always hear me say this to people when I'm giving advice, which is, okay, this is bad, but this is good. Yeah. And how you, how you can do that. So, I, I, but I always assume, you know, Parents are supposed to do. that. That's something that they do. They provide that service. When I think of a role model, I think of someone outside of that. Understood. You know, so... Yeah, yeah. but there
2: are not all parents that do that and do a good job of that. No,
3: my parents did a great job. But that's
2: what I mean. So, so it... There are some parents that don't, so they yeah. wouldn't be considered a role model, but in our, our cases, ours were.
6: Yeah, you guys named four good ones, uh, John Fulham, Pierre Robert, uh, Kathy's parents. Um, my, my parents. <laughs> Is my dad,
2: your role model, yeah, yeah, I yeah, would imagine. Yeah, your, your
6: dad for sure. Um, but uh, honestly, around here at work, uh, I, I look up to Chuck D'Amico quite a bit. I, I, his approach in... Um, talking to people and treating people really well and listening uh, and, um, and... And
2: getting both sides of whatever issue there is. Chuck
6: is a great uh, mediator and and um, it does it in such a calm and impressive manner that I, I look up to that. I, they, I, well, I would definitely uh, call Chuck a role
2: model. Well,
3: there's certainly attributes of people that you, you admire. So I guess if you're taking, like, like you know, I, <laughs> we just gave him crap before, but, like, you know, Bill has a way of juggling a whole bunch of things and multitasking that I find... Uh, you know, he's very efficient when it comes to all these things, programming two stations, doing all that stuff. So I, I think that's that's impressive. Um, who? I, so, like, if you were to talk about a person who's just a comprehensive, that's a person I'm going to model my life after. or right. that, That's what I think of a
1: really. Yeah, that's kind of my, always been my interpretation of a role model. But uh, let me let me re- roll out some of these uh, stats here for you. Uh so it was conducted by uh one poll on behalf of the University of Phoenix. The survey found that dad is most likely to exemplify the traits and the traits they were looking for, intelligence, leadership skills, and confidence in their abilities. Those are the top three characteristics that we admire. So intelligence, leadership, and confidence. And that's kind of what I saw in in, uh, in Fulham. So um, so
3: my then my dad is is that because my dad always my dad always is always learning. He's um, uh, he is, uh, you know, the, uh, his I'm so proud of his service in World War Two and mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, all, all of the things he has his foibles, We all do. Uh, and there are things that, you know, uh, but the things that he has told me throughout my life, he has given me some very valid wisdom that I employ and pass on to other people. So I guess then yes, as a role model, my dad.
2: Well, and Preston, but even for you, you said maybe not your parents, but you always say that your dad taught you to do something that you love. I mean, your entire yeah, career. Yeah,
3: the best
1: piece of advice I've ever gotten.
2: So from not no maybe not necessarily a role model, but good advice. Yeah, because role model,
1: I've always I've always looked at interpreting that as pattern my life after. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes, um, so so and, and we've had, we have completely different interests. I mean, I love them to death. Obviously, both my mom and dad. Uh, but I have a different, uh, I, I have a different path that I walk than they did.
3: Yeah, I, and I guess it's all the way we we take it. But whatever yeah. you whatever you define, uh, you know. And here they're they're giving sort of an example. But I, you know, I, I always thought like um, career wise and, and all that stuff. I, I'm finding it hard outside of just saying the go to, which would be you know my dad definitely, my mother for the brief you know time that I knew her. Yeah, was was definitely that, but. Uh, this is a, this is a tough one, and then people uh, would have four of them. I have
1: different role models for like parenting. Like uh, my one of my best friends, Will. I admire his parenting skills. Casey is another one that yeah. I admire as far Aww. as advice that I've heard him tell me secondhand that he's given his kids. I'm like, that's good stuff. Farting yeah. to the chair, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so. They, dad was chosen as top 47 respondents said that that's their role model. Mom was close second at 42%. Followed by, and here we go, we get out of the family now, um, a teacher or professor, a favorite teacher or professor, oh, yeah. 41% said
6: For that. sure. I mean, and I, I can recite the top five most uh, influential teachers and professors in my life.
2: Yeah, me too.
6: Uh, the survey looked at
1: more than just who our
6: role models are. It also delved into the influence
1: that they have on our lives. Let me get to that in a second. I'll give you the rest of the the list here. So, number three was teacher or professor. Four is a celebrity, an actor, or an athlete of
6: somebody who has, in your eyes, done great things. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of uh, rerun. <laughs> well, dancing skills, yeah. but I think a lot of uh, celebrities slash athletes have begun to reject the notion of them being role models. Well, only the bad ones. Well, yeah, but I, I think not that, a role model. that lady I ain't an athlete. You know, I, I don't want to be a role Charles Barkley said he's not a role model. And and I think that part of the reason for that is that people looked up to them automatically because of their stature. Uh, number five is a coach or other instructor. I think that could fall under
1: teacher. Uh, but I, I co- agree. Coach or other instructor, and it says arts, music, etc. cetera. Uh, number six is a historical figure. I could see that. Somebody very successful in whatever it Newton. may be. Uh, Newton, yeah, yeah. exactly. Isaac Newton. Uh, seven is a manager or boss. And there's that that's the John Fulham thing that would, yeah. that would mm-hmm. line there for me. Uh, number eight, a pastor or youth leader. Mm. That's me. Number Yes, of course. <laughs> you oh, oh, that's I'm true. A, I'm I'm right. brother. I have that, I have that
3: yeah. Lutheran retreat that I run.
1: And you're uh, the uh, I'm universal life church. Yes. Uh, number nine is a family friend. And number 10 is just a friend. Uh, so those are the people uh, that would uh, that would be a part of the role model categories of the top ten. I, so I,
3: I would say that over my life I've drawn influences from people and there are things that I've admired about people uh, that I have tried to incorporate into my life, into my fantasy life. Uh,
5: <laughs>
1: Jennifer Garner, uh, Ben Jennifer Affleck. Jennifer Garner, uh, the pool boy, boy, ben, boy. ben
3: Affleck. <laughs> well. Right. Uh, so this also
1: delved into the influence that um, that role models have on our lives. So the vast majority of those with a role model, 81%. Uh, Say their role model has influenced some of the major life decisions they've made. This includes advice on overcoming obstacles, uh, setting financial goals, helping respondents choose a career path, and encouraging them to finish their degree. 55% of those with a role model said the person that they look up to motivated them to pursue higher education. And when things got tough... And they wanted to quit. 55% that their role model encouraged them to continue their schooling. And 86% said their role model encouraged them to be a lifelong learner. So it had a lot about had a lot to do with
3: education. I've always considered, you know, I, I look at the people that I've encountered throughout my life as sort of a Whitman sampler. And I'm, oh, I'm going to take that. I like that. I like the way the support is pushed. And that sort of makes an amalgamation. Uh, and I... Hopefully, I'm a reflection of all those people.
2: Yeah, there's inspirational aspects to, like, a lot of people in my life where you take little things from each person. Yeah,
3: that's a good point. Like Like Gary Lauer's loyalty. Right. Uh, He never Mm -hmm. wavers. And his jam. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, who doesn't love his jam? And his three testicles. His three testicles. I mean, that's... When he gave that inspirational speech at Villanova... Yeah.
8: I had three testicles.
3: I had chills. (laughs) Uh... Let me go to some calls here.
1: 215 263 WMMR. It's Andrew on the line. Hey, Andrew, good morning.
8: Morning, bitches. Hey, what? How hey. you doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's I'm glad you did
3: it yourself. We're tired. All right,
1: Andrew. So, who... I'm,
8: I'm stuck in traffic on 422, Kathy, so there you go. All right. Okay. I, uh...
1: Who's your role model, Andrew? Uh,
8: when I was younger, it was Reggie White. Um, because he's such a strong Christian and a leader in the locker room and a leader off the field. Right. Now it's Brian Dawkins. Um, he, he obviously, uh, when he was traded from Philadelphia to uh, Denver, there was a lot of tension, and he came back and he buried the hatchet and he forgave the organization. Um, and he really turned his life around and um, really you know, showed that, uh, you know, with the, 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 the relationship he has with Christ and everything, and even with Carson Wentz, I mean, those leaders, there's so much Christianity in the NFL, and you just don't hear about it. But when you do hear about it, it's really great to hear that message from those leaders. So I think just the people, Brian Dawkins, uh, Reggie White, uh, right. Carson Wentz, talk about their faith. I think that really hits me, uh, probably a lot of your listeners as well. Um, but, you know, just the obstacles they overcome – um, and when they're down, they just, you know, they, they look to Christ and they look to God and, they, you know, it brings them up and it brings everybody up and it gives up the message. Um,
3: so, so know, Andrew, that? so in this case, so, OK, so in, in the case of this, that they inspire you. Uh, and I guess, Preston, going back to the the, our, the conversation and our, our vagueness on this is that when I think of a role model, I think of a comprehensive, full yeah. I'm going to do all that they're doing, everything that you know what I'm saying, and I yeah. guess that's that's my stumbling block here because, like with Andrew,
4: he's he's he's, he's connecting to their um to their altruism and their and their and their spirituality. Mm-hmm. And what's what you know what I find interesting about uh, you know a couple of those examples that he brought up is is people like Carson Wentz or, or Brian Dawkins or, or you know any of these guys, they're not heavy-handed with their religion mm-hmm. and their Christianity, like you know the, it. It's part of who they are. They're not going door to door saying, yeah. you know, turn your life over to Christ or anything like that. But as a result, people notice that. And somebody like Zach Ertz, hang on, somebody like Zach Ertz, um, he noticed that Carson didn't turn him, and and he said there is a calmness about him that he has that I want that that I that I want to adopt into my life, and and so. So he sort of changed – you know, Zach Ertz wasn't like a like a heavy-duty Christian or anything like that. To that point, what yeah. you're saying is you lead – people – I uh, agree with you, Case, that yeah.
3: I tend to respond to people who lead by example and don't beat you over the head with something. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, let me go next to Hank. Hi, Hank. Good morning.
10: Uh Hey
5: Lauer, play MMR.
10: Oh, oh my God, that's awesome! Hey Lauer, I forgot we.
3: MMR. He's our digital assistant. I gotta do that. I have to do that. If if it didn't take so long to record last year's Christmas special, oh my God,
1: that took forever.
3: (laughs) Uh, But I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll get that for this Christmas so that everyone can have a a Lauer assistant under the tree. All right, Hank, your role model, your role model.
10: Okay, when I was when I was younger, when I was a kid, it was Cal Ripken Jr. Just the, the way he played baseball, the way the way he was in the locker room, the way he came to work every day of his life and never missed a game, and just just got powered through. Um, but then as I got older, I realized that it was my grandfather. I lost my dad when I was eight years old, and uh, he was. I lost my grandfather too this year. He was nine Aww. years old, and he was just the most amazing guy you'd ever want to meet. He can always make you smile, uh, no matter what kind of a day you were having. Um, sorry, he was very charismatic. No. And he knew uh, – you'd walk into a restaurant with him when we were younger, and uh, he knew every person's name in the restaurant and who you were and, you know, where you were. He asked about your family and was just, well, just that- the greatest guy. I mean, you you wouldn't – I, I don't know. You, you, you couldn't have met a better guy. He worked for 40 years of his life in a steel mill and then re- lived in retirement for 25 years because he worked so hard and never had to, you know, go hand out stickers at Walmart. that, right. that But he just never had to take his, another job when he was older. So what
1: have you done with that influence?
10: I...
5: Uh, Sell drugs. (laughs) (laughs) No,
3: No, but he clearly has impacted you. And I mean, you know, I I think and it sounds like you're a reflection of him, Frank. So you honor him by doing that.
10: It's Hank, but that's okay. But yeah, I really appreciate that. It is really something that I really try to model my life after, because if I can make somebody smile throughout the day, if I can if I can put a smile on someone's face who's having a bad day, like that's just. I, I'm I'm very personable, and that was that was the way my grandfather was, and it, it, all the way down to his, his his last day when he was laying in the bed. I'll never forget. I was I was crying, yeah, and just r- realizing that it was coming to an end. And he looks at me. He goes, "What the hell's wrong with him?" <laughs>
3: <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, that's that's so obviously that's what I think I'm looking for when it like so. In that case, Thanks, My mom and my dad would would in 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 they the the way they both. Made me what I am, uh, you know. Uh, th- that I would consider them then role models on that
6: level.
1: Okay. Somebody
6: yeah. uh, texted in a good question, which was, um, "Where does the line fall between role model and mentor?" Yeah, and I don't quite know what the answer. That's is. a good question yeah. because when it when
3: it comes to to mentors, I ha- I have a number of people who, um, you know, and, and if you talk about people that we've met throughout radio and that, so yeah. people ha- people can be a yeah, a removed I'm- mentor, not even they don't even know they're being your mentor, but you're following their example.
2: Right. But yeah, I, I think men- a mentor can be can be a role model for you. I always it's thought mentors
1: were more hands on. I thought yeah, they were breathmans. Yeah. <laughs> uh no, that's mentos. Oh, I'm sorry. I always thought a mentor was was somebody that uh that like you were kind of an apprentice to, you know what I mean? You yeah. Can, you
6: can be assigned a mentor in some Right. In lines maybe of that's work, why you know? and so yeah. like, you can have somebody who's almost like a big brother or big sister uh in your line of work or at school or whatever. But nobody assigned you a role model. Right. Right. It's someone you've just Kind of taken on. Think
4: about that guy.
6: <laughs> well,
3: I think honestly there should be an industry. <laughs> I <laughs> am Casey Boy. Professional role model? <laughs> I've opened up the first professional role model institute. <laughs> the PRI. Uh,
1: oh, no, What's no. your charge? P-R-M-I. PRMI. Yeah. The primmy.
4: The PRIMI. Yeah. <laughs> I think about people that uh, you know, for lack of better words, uh that I brag about as if it's myself. Um, and as as potential role models and and Nick, you had mentioned Chuck D'Amico. I, I when I sometimes I, because he's got this like this drive about him and, and this like inherent honesty about him that like I am super jealous of. <laughs> Uh, I try to, and I don't live up to to those standards, but like, you know. That's why you hardly ever have lunch with him, right? Uh, well, he doesn't like to have lunch with me anymore. I know, yeah. yeah he likes to have lunch with Steve Myers now.
11: <laughs> what? Oh, when did that happen? Trouble in paradise. Yeah.
4: Steve wow. Myers is a Steelers fan, by the way. Oh, my
6: God. Mm-hmm. Is he really?
4: Yeah, and then he went out to lunch with some Australian him. guy yesterday.
7: <laughs> 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 well, who wouldn't want to
2: listen to that accent all afternoon? Uh,
4: you would have, okay. yeah,
2: <laughs> I know.
5: <Good> <laughs> <laughs> but like what? Chuck D'Amico, I,
4: I wish he. Uh, I wish he were me. I wish sitting he, across the table from him to understand to how, understand how awesome he is. He does. I I
3: agree. I don't know how to love him.
1: <laughs> no, I know what you mean. His his attention to detail, his creativity is uh, is is impressive, and it's uh and and I think that he doesn't understand how awesome he is. it be cool only if only he did. could
4: see him through our eyes. I yeah, know. looking yes.
1: through the eyes of love. Wait a minute, he's not working today either, is he? No, no, no. I think tomorrow. Tomorrow. He's tomorrow. In. No, he's Bill tomorrow isn't either. So. Yeah, he's, he's in his office. There. Crying right now
4: because okay. he doesn't think he lives up to our standards. No, he's you do, Chuck. He's listening to Ben. Yeah. You. <laughs>
2: uh, let no, me go through.
1: I'll get some other calls in a moment. Let me let me go through some more of these uh, stats. the The top ways uh, so that they are exhibiting the traits of a role model include making a difference in their local community, mm. uh, following their moral and ethical convictions, and that was followed by working to achieve their personal goals as well as continuous. Learning and upskilling. Seventy-eight uh, percent of respondents believe that lifelong learning is important, and the top reason that they believe uh, that they believe that is because it allows them to be a positive role model for those around them.
3: So they want to kind
1: of spread the. Love. You want
3: to spread it out? Yeah, I got it.
1: Uh, but here, here's the best, best miracle whip. Best given advice by role models. Okay. Okay. Never given to critics. Always be proud of who you are. Be yourself and love yourself. I do. Uh, There will never be a shortcut to success. Yeah. Fight for your dreams. Be loyal and honest. Readers are leaders. Uh, Set goals and follow them. You are a product of what you think of yourself. Facing obstacles makes you stronger. Believe in yourself. There's a lot of stuff here.
3: Steal often.
1: Uh, (laughs) Always save for tomorrow. Education is the best legacy. Uh, two more things. We are built to learn and never give up on your dreams. So these are these it's are the... How,
3: do you have it from uh, how hard you get hit and me. get oh, up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. That's cool. very inspirational. Yeah.
1: It's not how hard you hit it's, uh, or it's how hard you get Everything
3: hit. I learned at Katie Foster's role
4: models. <laughs> 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 the Institute? It's at, well, it's a gym.
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> the role model gym. Why uh, did I
3: send you... The KC Foster's role
4: model, Kim. Uh Hang we on. on. That's it... the wrong motivational speech. That's yeah. the motivational That's speech. Stop on my mom will shoot? No, this is from Rocky Four. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs>
0: not
4: <laughs> as good. <laughs> you know.
5: Here it. it is. Here it is.
11: Somewhere along the line. Oh, my it's God. Changed. It's changed. Wait, wait, wait. Why yeah. is it sped up? Because, hang somewhere hang
3: along the line is changed.
10: <laughs> What's oh, wrong, wow. Dad?
3: There's nothing wrong. <laughs> you sound different. What are you saying? I'm saying your voice sounds higher than it
4: normal. Don't pay attention to that. (laughs) I uh, pitched it up for some reason back in February. Put down
11: the balloon, Dad. (laughs) Somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame. Like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you've got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody! Cowards do that and that ain't you! You're better than that! I'm always gonna love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my son, you're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't gonna have a life.
5: That's
1: a great speech. You you forgot to put your pants on. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Do you remember we we spoke to Milo, the the actor who plays his son in that? And he said that that speech came about, it was just him and Stallone were talking. About boxing, and he realized what he was saying had a metaphor for life. Uh, uh, Sly was just saying this stuff. He's like, "This, this is not really about how hard you hit; it's how hard you get hit, and keep keep up, and keep going." He's like, "Wait, this is good stuff. I got to write yeah. this down." Yeah. Yeah. And he turned
5: it into a speech. <laughs>
1: you know? it's great, it's great. Um, it is great. One thing
4: that that, uh, that I haven't brought up that I want to bring up is that my children are my role models because they are so pure of heart, and I have said things uh, to them when they go, "Dad, that's not nice," and I'm like you know you're right damn it kid you're right you're you're absolutely right but i pay the bills (laughs) yeah
1: hang on intern jeremy is on the line intern jeremy hey jeremy hey what's going on guys Hey, and you may know Jeremy from uh, the spelling bee
3: that we've done with him. He uh, works for Scripps on uh, many yeah. occasions.
1: Uh, but uh, <laughs>
3: <S-K-R-I-P-T-S>. <laughs> He is the uh, he is my he's all of our go to uh, Mac. Oh guy. my god!
2: Oh my gosh. He's a genius. I like frantically call him, text him, yeah. email him at any moment.
3: And he's so I'm just
1: thinking of you. He's so damn calm when you've got all these problems <laughs> going.
2: Yeah, all right, let me take a look at this.
12: <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they're not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> all right, wait a minute. One one of us is a role model to you. Yeah, so um you know I have room models for different jobs, but one that's always um I think about quite a bit actually, especially now, uh, is one of you guys uh for when I work there. Do you want to take a guess at it or should I just throw it out there? I think it's uh, Marissa? Marissa. Marissa, yeah. <laughs> Hands down Marissa. Yeah. 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 So when I first started there, it was uh shortly after you guys came to MMR. And I watched her create a job for herself and find this place in there, and she would mentor me to do the same thing. And one of the biggest things I learned from her was really just being a need and filling it, and then you're creating this opportunity for yourself. No, that's all-time. very
4: sage. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, She's like crack. You didn't know you needed it until you tried it. <laughs> And then you're like, it's damn I'm, I'm how hard you can get hit and get up.
1: Damn, man! <laughs> is what is an, an analogy. Of our program? Yeah. 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 We need Marissa. I, mean, I
5: need Marissa. I need Marissa. Yeah. God, I need so bad. <laughs>
1: the crack of the President Steve show, and we don't mean ass. <laughs>
12: hey, Jeremy, real quick, how do you spell Marissa? Oh, that's a one answer man. M A R S I A. Yeah. S I A. Mercia,
5: mercia. Listen to this.
3: I love you, Marisa.
5: <laughs> he knew there was one. Marisia, yeah. he just
3: didn't
2: know where. Here Ever since
3: I met Marisia, <laughs> no, that's uh, that's. I'm sure she, I'm sure she's flattered to hear that. She She's nodding up and down and uh, okay. taking off her top. No, she's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cool, Jeremy. No, awesome I think no there's, a, there's a lot
1: of people who have come through here and seen Marissa as a role yeah. model for sure.
12: Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Crazy work ethic showing up hungover every day. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Not we everybody say,
3: does that. It. No. <laughs> you. It's about powering through, yeah. no matter how drunk you are. Yes. <laughs> Coming in, your head hurts. <laughs> been drinking like crazy. And the okay. concerts all night long. Yeah. Forget where you live, <laughs> but you make it to work. <laughs> <laughs> never see your apartment. Never go out to the suburbs. <laughs> Thank oh you, Jeremy. God.
1: Good to talk to you, buddy. You, guys. We need to see when the next script spelling bee is because we have we have to have Jeremy back in yeah uh, before that and uh, and do another spelling bee. Uh, all right, let me go to let me go to one more call and we'll wrap it up. And I'm sorry for those who've been on hold for a long time. We got a lot of people on hold, but let me go to Eric. Eric, you're on the air. Good morning.
12: You guys rock. Thank oh! Your role model, sir. I am going to make this real quick. For a project that I've been working on, I have three role models, and it is Preston and Steve, Pierre Robert, and Jim Gardner.
3: Wow. So it's four.
5: four. It's four. All yeah. right. See, yeah. I take a math class.
12: Count we count, I count as one. And Steve is one because you don't say, oh, well, there are two shows. You
10: know what I mean? You guys are together. So I hear you. No, I got you. Two. Yeah. And,
3: and Jim Gardner, I think. So if you were. Um, yeah, in, in in a case where, if you want to talk about someone who's conducted their career on a on a hyper professional level and is revered and respected and continues to be uh, aces at what he does, yeah, I, I can definitely see that. And where and that's very kind of you to say that about us. Uh, but so so, you know, so again, for, in your professional life, is there is there anybody else you would say is sort of the comprehensive picture of what a role model is for you?
12: Uh, there would be three on that level: my father, my gra- grandfather on my mother's side, and my recently deceased father-in-law.
3: There wow. you go. Okay. Oh, so the, no,
5: again, those are
12: good ones. Those are good ones. Yeah. 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 All
1: right. Thanks, Derek. We appreciate it, man.
12: No problem, guys. You right. have a good one.
1: Take care, bud. We'll see you. Good. Wow, interesting. So, uh, you know, contemplate that today. Uh, think about that. Who's who's your role model? Why are they your role model? What do you look for them? What what do you look to them for? Uh, inspiration and so on, but uh, the 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 top ten are dad, mom, teacher, professor, a celebrity, either an actor, or an athlete, a coach, or an instructor, arts, music, etc. Uber His, driver, historical figures, your manager or boss, pastor or youth leader, a family friend, and number ten is a friend. So, so there you go. Interesting food for yeah. thought. Yeah, all right. We're gonna take a break. We'll come back in a second. I got some bizarre file stories. Maybe some role models in those uh, that you may have. I you never know. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us.
7: If nothing else, Tool fans are patient. Your wait is nearly over. 933WMMR is, is giving away free Tool concert tickets all this
5: weekend.
7: We're also playing the best Tool tracks every hour as we prepare for this month's sold-out show at Wells Fargo Center. We want you to experience the power and mystery of Tool live in concert. So listen and win all weekend long on 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks.
0: Let's get to those stories. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre. Bizarre. File. File.
1: Brought to you this morning by Robbins Diamonds in tax-free Delaware with thousands of rings in self-serve cases and absolutely no sales tax in uh, versus the 8% tax in Philly. Robbins, Delaware Diamonds. Well, a 46-year-old man had a screwdriver pulled out of his rectum. Nearly killed him. And it was inside of him, and he left it there for a week, apparently. In a disturbing case report, doctors revealed the man suffered a perforated bowel as a a result and was left critically ill. Did they get the broken toaster out of his ass? He had arrived at a hospital in Florida with life-threatening septic shock because (laughs) of bacteria, which got into his bloodstream through the injury. Man. But only when a CAT scan was performed did doctors find the tool responsible, which measured uh, 8.2 inches long by 1.1 inches wide. Quick question: Phillips had a flat head. Or flathead? They didn't. I, they didn't indicate. After surgery, the unidentified man needed surgery to cut away rotting flesh from <laughs> inside his area. Oh my god! It's bad enough, you have to be in the dude's ass. It had been come. It had become infected. Uh, He he survived and is believed to be the first reported case of this kind. It's not clear which end of the screwdriver was inserted first. Is he going to go on GMA? It is only unclear why he inserted the screwdriver in the first place, but... He has since needed treatment for psychiatric <gasps> disorders. Oh my his god. past medical history showed he had suffered with schizophrenia, and bipolar disorder, and had failed to take oh. medication properly. <laughs> so that may have contributed, but it was he was
3: rotting inside. And, oh my uh, god! Oh my god! Oh my god! So the human rectum, uh, you know, can can accept a lot of uh, stuff, but I think hardware, perhaps yeah. anything you can purchase at Lowe's, you probably want to keep away from. Yes, and it it, it perforated his bowel, which yeah,
5: could yeah, yeah.
1: easily kill you. A Michigan man was blown through two walls of his house after a cooktop ignited from an apparent propane leak.
5: Whoa.
1: The incident occurred when Cody Smith, a conservation officer, was on patrol when he responded to a structure fire. The fire featured multiple explosions and ammunition popping and landing on the nearby roadway. Jesus Christ. Smith arrived on the scene, contacted the power company, and called emergency medical services for the injured person. According to the report, the man was attempting to start his cooktop when it ignited from an apparent propane leak in his residence. Uh, The impact of the blast blew the resident through two walls of the house. Can't can't believe he lived. Luckily, the man sustained only minor injuries. Smith collected firearms that uh, survived the blast and put them in safe storage in the sheriff's department. Uh, took over until the owner could retreat. I bet you
4: so they all had a good laugh yeah. after it. Yeah. Do laugh. you guys know what this is from? Eh. It's from Stripes. Yes. Yeah. You yeah get blown off of the uh, whatever <laughs> tower that is. Yep. That was so great. Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's all he could say after <laughs> the explosion. And
3: they they asked him like has. seven times. Yeah. That's his response. I had no idea
6: what clip that was from. Really? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no clue. I, I'd say a good half of the clips we play, I don't know <laughs> where they're from. But do you know that part of the movie? No. no. Oh. Okay. <laughs> They, they, the mortar, you, you know, know. Stripes kind of missed me. I, I've seen it, yeah. but it, yeah. it, it did not land in my animal house, the, you know, lexicon of, yep. of being yeah. able
1: to repeat all the lines. They're in basic training. They're going through the obstacles, <laughs> and one some guy messes up with a mortar shell and it heads in, and Sergeant Hulk uh, gets knocked off of this big tower, and all he can say is, <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> all right, so a woman from New Zealand. This is horrifying was diagnosed with a rare disease that left her locked inside her own body for a month, and I'll explain that. Anstie uh, Campbell said that one day she went for a jog in January. She felt what felt like pins and needles in her foot. Her doctor told her that her symptoms, which were getting worse, could be stress-related. She was later rushed to the emergency room at the hospital. She was di- diagnosed with a Guillain-Barre syndrome, which we've heard of. Yes, yeah. yes. A rare autoimmune disorder in which a person's own immune system damages the nerves, causing muscle weakness and sometimes paralysis. Campbell became completely paralyzed and was placed in an induced coma for a week. She was later moved to the ICU. She was on a ventilator for 86 days, 31 of which she was conscious but unable to respond to anyone. And she said, I remember the doctors tried all these tests to get some sort of response, and it was really terrifying when I realized I was stuck inside my body.
3: She's in there fully lucid, yes, but there's no way she can communicate. To the outside world That she's getting their messages And she said I was trying to do
1: What they were telling me to do But nothing was happening I remember the doctor Pushing hard on my brow bone To try and make my eyes open And it was so painful And all I was saying inside Was stop Could you stop it? Uh, Campbell is now slowly recovering She started communicating Through a twitch in her jaw
5: Jeez. And she
1: also began to learn how to breathe on her own again and is now in physical therapy. She Oof. said some doctors have been positive and said that I will regain, regain most, if not all, of my function, whereas others have said I'll be in a wheelchair, wheelchair for a long time. That stuff so freaks me out. But the common theme is that um, her recovery will take a long time. That's pretty wild, man. Uh, now, this is pretty cool. A Missouri bartender won $50,000 after receiving a winning Powerball ticket as a tip. 33-year-old really? Taylor Russi revealed that a regular customer at her job at uh, Bleacher's Bar in O'Fallon buys lottery tickets for other regulars and leaves them along with a cash tip for the workers.
3: And they're never going to win.
1: Uh, Russi had received a Powerball ticket and a cash tip on October 18th by the customer. When the fo- By the following day, Bleacher's Bar Lottery Terminal alerted his staff that a winning $50,000 ticket was sold at the establishment. She said, "It was like, guys, who won all this money? Didn't tell anybody. And then she remembered the tip that she received, scanned it, and the bars at the bars lottery terminal. And that's when she realized she won fifty grand." Uh, she said, "I kind of stood there for a second, looked at the cook, and then looked at the ticket uh, before I started laughing, and then I started crying." She said that she has no plans on spending the money on anything extravagant, but she will use it to get some dental work done. She said, I'm not that kind of person. I tell you,
3: you what I'm to do with this. Uh, <laughs> get some dental work. He totally cost me a guy that i found out. It's a winning ticket. Oh God. Uh, he's a sweetheart. He comes in here all the time. Oh, my
1: God.
5: But he's got to get some new choppers. Oh God.
1: She needs me, Gary. Yes. Gary Lauer. Uh, and this oh is... Oh, my God. I've
5: <laughs> I've been waiting for you. <laughs>
1: She said, this is not going to sustain me for the rest of my life. I still have to work. So it's just kind of a nice little bonus that she's getting. Uh, And I tell you what, we'll wrap it up right there. We'll we'll end uh, things right there. That is what I have in the Bizarre File for you. Uh, We're going to take a break. Don't forget, we have a guest coming up a little bit later on. Dave Landau is going to be performing at Helium Comedy Club tonight, Friday, and Saturday. So he is stopping by. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us, my friend. Stream WMMR
10: anywhere. Have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Back with more of the Preston and
1: Steve Show podcast. All right, so for the next couple nights, our next guest is going to be in town performing at Helium Comedy Club. He's got a show tonight at 8 and then Friday and Saturday. There's 7.30 and 10 p.m. shows. And first visit to our studio, it's Dave Landau. Thank yeah. here.
5: How are you, Dave? Thank you very much good. How about you?
1: Nice to see you. We're doing well, man. Have you
5: you played Philly
13: before? Or, or uh... I've played like a couple bars here. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, I've never done Helium, which I'm looking forward to. We've had
3: a, a, a couple of uh, newbies in recently to the area. There used to be a really crappy comedy scene in Philadelphia. And oh, now, really? Now it's uh, the, the rising tide has lifted all boats, and there's actually a pretty pretty good scene. So you. You were uh, you're from Detroit.
13: I grew up in Detroit. Yeah, I I live in Harlem now, which is a very lateral move.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's 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 really it's really not. uh, Yeah, it's it's not an ascension. But But, uh, actually, Harlem in and of itself has begotten. Has is it it become sort of? um, Is it like Brooklyn? Little little gentrified, a little Uh, trendy. I think they tried. They tried and
7: failed.
13: Yeah, and then heroin was like, nah, we'll (laughs) we'll keep it. We'll stay. Heroin wouldn't let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever played the Apollo? Uh, uh, no, I yeah. haven't. I walked by it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that's just, it's just
13: as good. Yeah. A lot of my friends have played it. I, I, and I went to see,
3: I've seen shows there, which is really cool. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't that, for, you know, uh, I mean, I, I knew of you and, and we have, you know, mutual, uh, uh, friends in, 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 the, in the business and, uh, uh, but, um, you're, you, you have a really great style about you and I was doing some, some research about you and, and, you know, watching some of the stuff and you, you have sort of a, sort of a bait and switch, uh, on stage. Your stuff is dark and yes. and, and and funny, but, you know, presented in an easy, um, easy to consume presentation, you know, and, yes. and, and finding your voice, I was reading about you learning to find your voice. Uh, you started what, you were young when you started, right? In I was
13: right out of my fifth year of high school. Okay. Uh and Your fifth then, year of high school <laughs> yes. Uh, and <laughs> early
3: college. <laughs> yes, early college. Uh, I
13: started second city and then I started going into stand up comedy after that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I started uh yeah, I did. I started pretty young.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, so going to Second City, was that the intention to become a, a uh an improv, uh, you know, it's uh, Skate- a sketch comedian type of comedian? Absolutely. Or, like, okay. we were
13: just talking about, like, Chevy Chase and, you know, everybody that had come out of there, uh, you know, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, Martin Short, all those were my heroes. So I kind of got into it because that's what I wanted to do was sketch comedy. And then I just started doing stand-up, and I just sort of fell in love with it more and ended up staying on that that path. It's funny Cause cause it
1: seems to be there. there's, like, two schools. There's yeah, the yeah, yeah. sketch, there's the stand-up. And, and, and both sides seem to try the other, you know? Yes. And, and um... some can't make it port. And no. yeah, and some can't yeah. do it, but yeah. but others uh, find that they ooh I like that better. I went in for this, but I like that better. <laughs> exactly, and they kind of gravitate towards that. Yeah, I, I liked it. I like them both.
13: I think they're both important. I mean, even this, you guys are improvising the whole day, yeah, right? Doing yeah. Stuff. You know, I think it's important to to be able to do that as a comedian. I think that they're both very important and they're both fun to do if
3: you can do them both. So reading about you and your history, you have you have a um, you know it's the classic sort of uh, sat, uh, sat or a. Lo- a lot of trouble in your life growing up. Yes, yeah. So arrested what thirteen times? Thirteen times. Thirteen, wow. 13 times. Yeah, uh,
13: twelve as a minor, once as an adult. So and I've been sober about ten years in recovery
3: right. for 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 uh, alcohol and drug addiction. Okay, so yeah. So we all know my brother's, you know, uh, fifteen years sober and stuff like that. Very but, cool. But it's the classic, and it's kind. It's kind of a weird thing, but a lot of times, some of the the funniest, sharpest people are generated from a um uh, you know a, a life that is less than um uh, wonderful you know Absolutely. in the earlier stages so given your drug i mean you, you it's like the chaos theory you don't want to screw with something cuz it could screw up uh, you know something else but yes. it, it clearly informed your take on life when did it when did it start to um Work its way into your comedy, and you just said, F it, I'm just going to go there.
13: I, it was definitely after I got sober and I started telling stories on stage where I was finally not afraid to talk about getting arrested and being locked in a mental hospital with a kid who thought he was a werewolf. Really? <laughs> yeah. It so was that's, fun. see,
3: to me, that's, but the, uh, the. you remember the first time on stage when you thought, all right, I'm going to F it. I'm just going to do
13: it. i say like five years in because at first I was really clean. I was trying to get work. So I was yeah. like, I really just need to, you know, just sort of be okay and I don't want to offend anybody. And then after five years, I just want to start telling my story. Yeah. So it went from just trying to make jokes to start talking about everything that I had been through. And people relate to
3: that more. They, they do, especially because you, 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 you are accessible. I, uh, an attribute I find immediately that I connect with in any comedian is self-deprecation. Yes. you know, So they, it, it allows, the, I think, the audience to, to come in. Uh, and so it was responded to uh, you people. You you notice people were, were digging that. Absolutely. Yeah. So
1: Werewolf Boy. Yes. yes. This is great.
3: Yeah. Do tell.
1: <laughs> yeah, we need to hear about Do where... tell. Oh, and, uh, and, and You teased. Yeah. So, uh, it's
3: a long story if you
13: want to hear we it. Oh, to hear? It doesn't yeah. have to be the yeah. full
1: thing, but yeah, yeah. But what, whatever you move. want to tell. Take oh. us to
3: the initial bite and the gypsy woman who warned you about it. <laughs> yes. That. I like how you took your jacket yeah. off in preparation. You I, did. To, yeah. <laughs> I was just. I, I get nervous.
13: He boys, might be behind me. Boys, <laughs> yeah. This day. Yeah. I might start sweating during this one, yeah. boys. If I see a
3: big dog, I get all upset. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Uh, no. Uh, so, I, so you were in. By the way, for some of the you, you were, you ended up. You were in this hospital. I was and, in a mental hospital. Right. And and so how uh, you're in there? And did you meet Werewolf Boy out of the gate? Well, I walked in. Well, I didn't walk in. I was escorted in with uh,
13: handcuffed by three cops. okay. Uh, I had been found after bonging a fifth. Uh, I had fell through a glass table. Oh, my God. And I woke up the next day to the police who knew me. It was my sixth arrest. And they were like, hey, Dave. And I was like, hey, gentlemen. And uh, I. Uh, so you were
3: like Norm at Cheers. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, except yeah. without. Uh,
13: yeah, he never really <laughs> fell through the bar. Yeah, not as happy. <laughs> yeah, Dave! he never. <laughs> he never told his girlfriend she had a orangutan breast and or a cigarette backwards <laughs> and fell through a table. <laughs> no, I,
3: I don't remember that episode okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But very similar. Very similar.
13: More, more Fraser behind the wheel. Uh, yes.
5: I got it. In his yeah.
13: eye. Um, No, he's walking in this mental hospital and... Uh, they took my shoelaces and everything. They, they were worried I was having DTs very badly, okay. too. And they thought it might have been uh, even schizophrenia, which it wasn't. It was just I was having delusions because I would have withdrawal so badly. Yeah, yeah. So we walk into this back room, and there's two beds in the counselor's like, Dave, this is Reese. Reese, Dave, you know each other, you're going to be roommates. And he goes, what are you in for? And I go, I uh, beer-bonged a fifth, fell through a table. I go, what about you? He goes, I'm a werewolf. And I was like, so I look at the counselor. I'm like, I look at the counselor, I'm like, is, is this dude for real? And he goes, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And I go, you don't look like a werewolf, Reese. He goes, yeah, I'm not a werewolf right now. Uh, there's a full moon. I transform into a werewolf. Last month, I almost killed my dad. I don't remember because I black out. And I was like, ah, oh, that's, that's neat. Uh, hey, counselor, I'm going to need my own room. Uh, This dude thinks he's a werewolf.
3: Yeah.
13: And I'll never forget, he goes, oh, he's not a werewolf. You're going to be fine. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I know he's not a werewolf. Uh, Yeah, He doesn't know he's not a werewolf. Uh, Right. So they're like, look, you get a roommate. Everybody gets a roommate. And this is juvenile (sighs) mental facility. So I don't even know how many of those are around anymore. How old are you at this point? 17 17. 16? Yeah. I'm going to bed and all of a sudden from the next bunk, I just start hearing one night like, I'm like, good night, (laughs) buddy. And all of a sudden just, and this dude stands up and I mean, rips his clothes off and just starts like, like barking at me. This dude lunges at me. Butt naked, and I grab a lamp to hit him with it, and it was glued down. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, instead of defending myself, I sort of just opened my arms and embraced him into me. <laughs> okay. So, he was on top of me, trying to bite my face off, which didn't Jesus bother me Christ. as much as his, you know, members slamming on my thighs <laughs> while I screamed, werewolf, werewolf, through tears and terror. So these two counselors bust in, one sees him naked on top of me, and the other one looks at the other counselor and goes, uh, do we let him finish? Oh, my. And I'm like, God. I'm not, we're not even sex, he's trying to murder me. And yeah. they hit him in the butt with a syringe they call booty juice, okay. which is filled with a trank that knocks out mental patients. Okay. And they drag him off me and uh, took him out of the room, and I was just in the corner in a little sex ball. <laughs> <laughs> crying my eyes out, we were like saying "I'll never drink again," which was like my catchphrase. Yeah, and
3: that
5: was like get, that was yeah. your get uh-huh. Everyone's exactly. like, yeah. "Oh, damn yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: I'll never drink again." <laughs>
13: Just waking why, up on a driveway. Why, why? In the, <laughs> and I tell then, you, a werewolf will uh, will definitely set you right. Uh, Oh, well, no, No, I kept using right after. The second I, they moved me to a rehab after that because they decided it was all addiction. And then after that rehab, I think the day I got out, I started drinking again. Jesus. Yeah, it was bad. Hey, I
1: want to ask you about beer bong in a fifth. Yes. What what was it of? What were you drinking? Absolute vodka. Oh, my God. Yeah, my friend Nick. And so that, that's. Can kill you. That's lethal. Uh, Oh yeah. And so, did you puke some of that up, or did that stay down? Nope, stayed
13: down. Here, I I was about. uh, I was probably about ten beers in when I did it too. Oh, you're lucky you didn't die. Yeah. 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 Oh, by far. My well, my friend Nick grabbed it, and then my friend Anthony poured an entire fifth. And then Nick was like, "Dude, this is dumb," and I'm not yeah. kidding. He poured in some Sprite and goes, "Now you're good."
5: Oh, <laughs> the, the Sprite yeah. will
3: cut it. The yeah. chaser.
13: <laughs> I needed the chaser. Yeah. And God forbid. Uh, hey, thanks and for looking out, bro. You know,
3: we were we were talking oh about this though. Uh, I was garbage. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But you see, you, you so you had enough. We had Steve Owen, you know, and, and Steve Owen's, you know, uh, uh, oh uh, yeah, a friend of the show, and talking about, um, you know, the, there's those. Some people have the benefit of having werewolf encounters that at least sort of prod them to maybe can reconsider their life choices and there are other people who are doing stuff but can still function in life and it takes longer for them to get to the point you know right so you are so young if you had a werewolf encounter where was the rock bottom that uh made you hang the 180 when i was an adult Okay. Because it wasn't a joke anymore. It wasn't a joke anymore. Like when
13: I was young, I remember one time when I was young, I was arrested. I passed out in a toga and a Burger King crown,
3: <laughs> waiting
13: for a stop sign to turn green. Wow! And wow. it was in front of a police station.
3: You know, it's weird because oh we <laughs> so we, when we, I was arrested, we laugh like, I didn't at this. Even go to the car; I just got walked to the station. Wow! Mm. We 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 laugh at it, it, but we also understand the impact of it. But it, it so how 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 do you, as you're relaying the stories and and, and being very candid. And people are laughing, you know. You, you've got to you got to keep like a split tab running, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. so you're you're sort of it, it, you can't help but say because we all I I've never been drunk a day in my life, but I hear these things and it's like really yeah. yeah, my brothers, uh, yeah. An so it just kind of kept you out but, of it, right? And wow. it's it's just it's just a weird thing. So, uh, but so you know as you're. It, it, it is is it sort of a weird tab for you to run where you're you're relaying the stories and, and people will laugh because we are laughing, but it was your your misery at the time. Oh,
13: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's part of it. Is everybody has uh, these people in their life and everybody knows an addict and everybody has you know. So I like to talk about that on stage because we've all done stuff and especially drunk that we completely regret. Mm-hmm. And when I'm able, it's to relatable. Throw, yeah, and I'm able to throw out my stories for that reason. I mean, I I've told a story about. Taking my mother in law to the you know airport with a breathalyzer in my car and trying to like I'm not sure what it is you know I'm just getting in she's like oh that's she's like oh thanks for taking me to the airport I'm like yeah hang on oh
5: my she's, what does that
13: do I'm like it starts the <laughs> car it, it allows to us go. to go oh my God.
6: Uh, I want to uh, ask you about Artie Lang. you, you yes. spoke with Artie recently and, and two days ago yeah he, he's a uh, recovering addict obviously I saw I think Rogan tweeted uh, recently that um, he's been I, I think Artie's been sober for nine months or something like yes. that and and rogan uh, said something to the effect of that he's uh funnier than ever that he's doing really well we all root for Artie um to to make it through but um what what, what was your experience with him like
13: uh, a one eighty. I mean, he and I. It was the Artie and Anthony show with Dave Landau, which
3: was what I was on. And so you were like you were the third mic. He was might. the second, and Anthony Kumi was right. The man Anthony, you know no Anthony. So uh, and then uh, and then Artie had to leave. Obviously,
13: yeah. He well he he was uh, he was doing heroin all the yeah. time. I mean, yeah. he
3: would just go to the bathroom and be
13: like, I'll be right back. I just have to pee. And then you are like, okay. And then you come back with sunglasses and powder. And, and how do you react to that? I mean, you are at work and this is happening, and and you must have known. Oh, I knew the whole time. Right. Um, I, you know, it's tough to, because I'm, you can't force somebody to get sober and I can't, because no. people even ask me, they're like, did you talk to Artie? I'm like, yeah,
3: I don't think Artie's missing a stiff talking to from me. Did you yeah. read, did you read Crash and Burn? Because oh, he yes. was in here. I just read Crash and Burn. And, uh, you know, when I read the part and I said to him, I said to him when he's here, it's like, he actually like bled himself out to sort of get the euphoria you get, like, like to be sort of. The equivalent of, like, high? Well,
13: like yeah. He, he, he drank cut, bleach and stabbed himself, like, seven times. Right. Like a gentleman. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> so your your speech to him wouldn't change that. No.
13: no. Uh, yeah. and, but he is sober now. I yeah, mean, he was yeah. a totally different guy, and he had issues with me because he wanted to blame... The fact that he lost his job on me. really? Yeah, he was upset. And he was attacking me on Twitter like a year ago. And I was like, dude, what is this? Like, just call me. You know, this isn't my fault. But he was angry. He was angry at everybody else but himself. And the other day when I interviewed Artie, it was the first time he had taken responsibility for himself. I had never heard him actually Hmm. blame him, which I thought was incredible. You know, he really is saying, it's my fault. I'm a heroin addict. But he said something that made sense. He's like, I really enjoy it. He's like, I really enjoy the life of a drug addict and the stuff that he goes, I'm partying at hotels. I got hookers around me. I'm doing meth. And then I have soccer moms going, hey, you should really, you know, come live this boring life. And he's like, no, I'm good. I'm fine. (laughs) You know, and he was he's being honest about what he likes. But the party's over and he knows it. Yeah. You know, and I mean, his nose, he looks like, you know, like when the cartilage
3: is all gone. Yeah, looks like when Yeah, yeah, it's like when Marty Moose got punched by Grizzly. <laughs> yeah,
5: totally. You're right. That's exactly yeah.
3: right. But I mean, you can tell because I follow him, and I always we always send out stuff and messages, you know, and, and, and encourage him. Um, and uh, but he, he, it is a difference. You can tell there's a tangible difference now.
13: Yes, and he's a, he's a genuinely sweet guy and a good person, well, and there's just the addict part of him, and I, I really hope that he can stay on the path that he's on.
3: Was he a- apologetic to you for... Uh, Very
13: much. All right, that's cool. He came in even a few months ago and apologized. I don't know if he remembered it, but he yeah. did, and <laughs> then he came back this oh. time, and Anthony was out, and I was glad he still came in so he and I could just kind of talk and right. talk about what he had been through, and he'd been through a lot.
3: Well, the, the stuff your your stuff is 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 very funny. I was looking at some of your your comedic inspiration. You had Dangerfield and Joan Rivers and Bernie Mac and Robert Schimmel, who's you know great, he was so one, good. Of, one of the greats, and Eddie Murphy and uh, um, uh, Chappelle. So uh, you know with the, with these people, but your your style is is definitely a uh, a very unique style. You did the um, last comic standing, and I remember watching this, and I was it Roseanne Barr. Yes, who like there was a bizarre thing where she didn't she didn't get a joke of yours, correct? And and explain what happened because I vaguely remember, but it was it was weird because I think you were the the best easily of the lot that was competing. Thank you, and it, um, and, and it sort of ended up hobbling you. Yeah, I, they even started the entire season
13: on my joke. So they knew I was irreverent. They knew what yeah. I did. And, and this was a couple episodes in and I came out and I did a joke where, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how it goes, but it was along the lines of, it was basically about women's periods. And right. I'm like, and I go, you know, I'd never seen the string hanging out of it until I moved in with a woman <laughs> and I was walking by the bathroom and I said, Oh, good. You caught the mouse. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
13: I, I was setting up traps everywhere. Uh, Everybody likes this, but the woman. Yeah, uh, right, right. yeah it's good. But I did that joke, and she she's going. I not I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get. It. And and, uh, and she wouldn't let it go. No, like she kinda would, but I started making fun of her, not yeah. in like a horrible way, yeah, but right? just gently teasing her the way that you think you would do. And that upset her a lot. Yeah. And then I uh Keenan Ivory Waynes loved me. And I and he's one of my heroes. So I was yeah, happy that he'd, he's great. Oh, he's so awesome. And then uh Russell Peters loved it. So they're laughing at her for not getting <laughs> not it. And then the <laughs> audience is yelling at her yeah. what it means. Right. So While you have this whole audience screaming what a tampon string is at this woman who's now red faced embarrassed, yeah, and then me on stage, uh, she she wanted to eliminate me from the show after that. Oh my god!
3: Wow, because your your trajectory is good. Not that it not uh, ultimately not that uh, honestly, the joke. If you look if you look at all the seasons of that show, you know where is the who's the Carrie Underwood of Last Comic Standing? Oh, I don't think there is. There is. There's nothing, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't
13: think anybody watched it. <laughs> of, I mean, your, so. of your season?
3: I think people watched our oh, season. I watched, your yeah, season yeah. was good. And be, and be, I, you, were, you were the
6: standout. You Thank know? you. Yeah. I appreciate Who, it. Who won yeah. your season?
3: Uh, Rodman.
6: Yeah, of course. Okay.
13: Yeah, because yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> they go, this guy has to win. It's PC culture. <laughs> and Joe Mackey. Joe Mackey should have in the top three. Yeah. I yeah. think nothing against Rodman. hmm <laughs> But, you know, it seems forced.
4: <laughs> <laughs> just he talks to... with his hands a lot, right, Rodman? Is that the... I don't even know who
13: that is. Who, I don't we've know had him, him
4: in studio, I Did believe. We, he does yeah, a right lot there. of the... He's
13: Yeah, he's very urban. You yeah. know, does a lot of the... Uh, I, I don't know how to put it, like... Oh, well, it's just not. Put it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably best not to put well, it. Just not put it.
11: <laughs> yeah. Just not
4: put um, it. There have been some people uh, along um, that show that that I had never heard of before. There were other season ones, like you know, I I had known Todd Glass before he was on Last Comic Standing, but like Gary Gullman, for instance, I had no idea who he was before uh, he was on Last Comic Standing, and he's like one of my favorites. So, oh, he's great. Yeah,
3: yeah. And do you do you even need though with the structure like now with with the other avenues of like. Other ways to get noticed, like with last comment. Well, I
4: don't know. I mean, you're a touring comedian. And, and, you know, just having, you know, the idea of being on a primetime television show. show, uh, It helps. You know, like Rodman, I guess what I was trying to say was uh, as far as like the comedians that went on
13: there, there were a lot of black comedians with a much harder, better voice. Yeah. And they kind of take what's a little bit softer because they think it's better for the mainstream. Yeah. So there were a lot of people on there that I think got pulled out pretty quickly just for safety. Okay. And especially at that time. So I but I think it's beneficial. I would rather be thrown off by Roseanne because people remember that mm. yeah, I did. than become second and nobody cares. But then
1: right. again, if you're if you're playing to win, if that's what you want to do, then essentially you're playing to the room, so maybe he was doing the right thing. Exactly. You know, right? And he so. I
13: mean, and he won, you know, hundred yeah. grand for it. Yeah. So I mean he so. did it right, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it just you
1: can't trade in who you are, and
13: I and I couldn't do that. I couldn't become that network friendly at the time.
1: By the way, if you're tuning in, is Dave Landau? If you're just getting here, he's going to be at Helium Comedy Club uh, tonight, uh, tomorrow, and Saturday. Speaking of that, of playing to the room, uh, you've you've obviously you, that's probably something you don't have to worry about anymore. As you know, showing up to a gig and okay, what type of people am I going to be talking to tonight, and I should tailor the. You know what I mean? I should curb down maybe the, the edgier stuff or anything along those lines. But along your career, I'm sure you had to do that. Oh, 100%. All the time, I would imagine.
13: Especially for colleges. Right. Yeah, yeah when you're doing like lunchroom shows to kids who hate you. Oh, did you?
3: I yeah. used to do the college, I swear <laughs> to God. Dave, I, I actually went into a room, they had no sound system, <laughs> and they handed me, <laughs> and I kid you not, a Rudy Valley style megaphone. Nice. With the hand on, Ah.
1: Oh, and Dave, one time, Steve and I, were, we went, they sent us as a morning show to go to this juvenile facility. Was I there? And I would have recognized you, but it was like a career day type of thing, and we were going to go talk to the kids. My God. Number one, I've never seen a group of more disinterested people in my life I mean, these are teenagers who have did something to end up in here, and they just looked miserable. Oh, yeah. I mean, why not? They're in jail. They're in
3: teenage jail. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I was... I was paranoid. It made dangerous minds look like glee. Yeah. You know? really. So, yeah, it was. It was, yeah. and, and so they had. They could give a rat's ass about our career day speech. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, but yeah, the-, the only tears in there are <laughs> tattooed on their face. <laughs>
1: right. Not a lot of regret. <laughs> so in, what? In your in your lockup time, did they ever have people try to come and and speak to you? Or they brought us to the jail and did like a scared straight. They did do that. Yeah. So,
3: so what was that like? Do um, you remember years ago when the I first think- scared straight came on television? Oh yeah, give and- me your shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 and they. They they, they they actually yeah. aired the curses. It was all remember they they, they, yes. they, they on regular TV they aired That's the how curses. Shocking it was. It was so, so shocking it was a yeah. raw way I think. Oh yeah. yeah, it was somewhere nice.
5: <laughs>
13: <laughs> so they yeah, they did the scared straight to you. They brought us through yeah. They yeah. brought us through Wayne County Jail in Detroit, which is gorgeous, lovely yeah. facility. <laughs> and uh, we were, I remember one guy was just going like, "I like your earring." I'm like, "Thank you." I appreciate that. Like, nah, I really like your here. Right? Oh, <laughs> okay. oh, my God. But this one guy, I'll never forget. I'm trying to figure out how to make this radio clean. So, uh, <laughs> But he just goes, uh, hey, Mr. James, how many times you've been effed up your A? And this guy in the back goes, about 50. And he goes, and he's for real. And then just <laughs> stared at me. Oh, my God. And I was like, all right. So it's basically for us, they but just sexually assaulted us <laughs> <laughs> but you, verbally. Could they touch you? No. They okay. were behind bars, thank God. Like okay. It wasn't like the Scared Straight TV show where they can... like Wander around and... Grab your shoelaces right. and, yeah, take everything from you. No, it was very much like they're behind these bars and this is what they have to do so they can get out in 20 days. See,
3: I wonder if, wow. in a way, if it's become like, because A, you've seen it, and B, it's almost like a, the haunted attractions where it says they, the axe won't touch you, you know? Right, Like, right. Like, you're, like uh, um, I think maybe you need to have that element of fear to really, you know... Yeah, I think I, I yeah. Like with haunted
13: houses, though, the ghosts aren't going to break free and rape you. <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: just, like, you know that. Likely. You know that's a probably. good. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah,
13: that's a good. Sorry, point. is that too blonde? I don't know. No, no, okay, I was just saying <laughs> the ones where that might happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe. The I <laughs> less, don't know. It would be a heck of a
5: haunted ones. house. Yeah.
2: <laughs> my mom was a psychiatric nurse, and she worked at the facilities that you probably visited and stayed yes. at at some point. So my entire life. Was that I mean she was like constantly Working you know with me and my Brothers to be like uh uh-uh, uh this isn't what's gonna Happen yeah. to you. Did
13: she talk to you about what would happen There? Oh yeah she Oh told she's us, got wolf stories She has
2: so many <laughs> and, and when you Said I like your earring nothing she had one Guy who used to say to her I, I like you I really like you, and yeah, it, and she was in like lockdown units where they would have to call to have somebody unlock the door. So it was, yeah, it was scary. A real at points. criminal units. Yeah. Then. Uh-huh. Yes.
13: Oh, lovely. That's great. <laughs> Fortunately, we've let most of the uh, those healthcare facilities go, so they're all on the street now. So good luck, everybody. Yeah, right. Do you have kids?
1: I do. How old are they? Uh, four. Four years old? He just one four, yeah. Right, one four years old. So uh your your life is pretty transparent. You live on stage. Yes. Eventually they're gonna they're gonna find out all about dad and what all has happened. Are you uh you cool with all that? Yeah. Uh somebody asked me they're like, What if you catch him smoking pot? And I was like, Well, he's four, so I'd be impressed. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean eventually as they as he becomes a teenager and you know, YouTube, I'm sure there's plenty of things out there to see what dad's doing, you know. Oh yeah. And talk about your life. I'll be a terrible example. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no he I will be honest with him because you know my
13: parents weren 't honest with me about any I mean, my, my dad wasn't, but my mom was, was. there a history there? Yeah, there was, was. a lot of addiction. Like, okay. my uh, uncle died of heroin, and then my mom was like, his heart was so big, God just wanted him in heaven. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. You know. <laughs>
3: so so he, he had an enlarged heart from the heroin. Yes, it's, uh, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he
13: just was so giving that he died when he was 35. <laughs> so it was just sort of that. <laughs> so I was never aware that there were these issues in my family. Like, right. I didn't know my own grandma was an alcoholic. I knew she took Vicodin
3: because I stole it out of her purse. I am. <laughs> oh, but you—that's oh, that—but that's you can bring that to your own. Just you you, you can yes. you can give the stories of the werewolf and all that stuff. That uh, yeah, a cautionary tale. It, it, you know, both my my parents were not addicts, but they they do they drank and smoke <laughs> and all that stuff, and and I didn't. I just I just chose not to. But it, it sometimes it's just the luck of the draw you know I mean I know these things do can go through generations, but I, you know you you have such a unique perspective on it I think you can impart some real some real truth That's you know? my hope you yeah. know and, and I do and I'm writing
13: a book right now and I'm pulling stuff out from my past that's very very heavy and very real and yeah. and you know there was I I had a different thing my dad had Agent Orange in Vietnam. Really? So he died of brain cancer when I was a teenager, mm. which the government was like, ah, it's not our fault. And the insurance company called it a pre-existing condition.
3: Agent Orange is yeah. a pre-existing condition. Isn't that
13: nice? Yeah. And uh, we fought the VA. They've admitted it, that it's their fault, but they still haven't done anything because they're uh, rotten
3: bastards. But <laughs> And did that set you in a spiral?
13: It did. Because yeah. I, I, I kind of lost my dad when I was young and there weren't people around. I was being raised by my aunt. So I had different things happen to me that I hope doesn't happen to him, yeah. which caused me to spiral out of control. So I want to explain that to him as well when he gets older and he wants to start experiencing stuff. And I'm not going to say don't try drugs. I mean yeah. they're fun.
1: You <laughs> yeah. know, but I do want to make him aware that there is a gene that we have that yeah. is yeah.
13: very dangerous.
1: Yeah. You know? I mean it's the same way because I've got teenagers and I know eventually and they've they've handed it to you know wanting to be able to take a drink and I'm not going to say no you're not going to drink. I mean if, and you are going to wait till you're of age before you can do it. Uh but but I'm but the piece of advice I'm going to try to to uh, get through is that when you think you should have one more drink, don't do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, one more. I think one more work. No. If I can impart that little bit of wisdom in there, I think that that might help a little bit.
3: Or drink our sponsor's products. Yes, yeah, that's a good yes. one, too. <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it yeah. right.
13: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's where... I, I'm glad that there's the uh, Uber and Lyft and all that, though, because yeah. I didn't have that. It was, no. you know, if I wanted to
3: go to the bar, I drove to the bar. Yep. That, that's yeah. that's that's a that's a good point. Uh, you know, it, we, we used to hear stories years ago, Kiefer Sutherland kept getting into trouble. Like, here's a dude with all the money and hire yeah. an effing chauffeur but now anybody's essentially got it right. You know, the, the Lyft and the Uber stuff is right there. Uh, and that was my I wonder, issue. So I, I wonder if statistically that is part of the reason maybe there's there's been a drop in in, uh, fatalities due to drunk driving it's got to be 100% yeah yeah.
13: unless of course the the uber driver kills you which is (laughs) not uncommon (laughs) you were about to say I'm sorry no no isn't that amazing though like people are dying and they're like hey guys 10% off huh (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile you're wondering why you're riding in a car filled with
1: plastic Uh. (laughs) oh Unfortunately, we got to wrap, man. But uh, Dave's going to be at uh, Helium tonight. There's one show, 8 o'clock. And then Friday and Saturday, there are two shows, 730 and 10 p.m. So you want to get those tickets at HeliumComedy.com. We hope we'll see you again sometime soon, I appreciate man. you guys having me yeah, on. Thank Any you very time. much. You got it. Dave Landau, guys. Yeah. Take a break, and we'll be back in a moment. Stay with us.
7: What's new? Glad you asked.
1: Disturbed.
10: No Revivalists. Oh, Motionless and white. I am the enemy.
7: I am the enemy. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR.
1: The interesting little story uh, that uh, Steve brought me up to speed on, um, and it's, it concerns uh, actor and rapper T.I. Oh, yeah. So, T.I., I know from the Ant Man movies. Uh, he's one of, uh, Scott Lang's buddies. Yes. Uh, I really don't, I don't know his music personally, but, uh, I thought you'd be all over that. <laughs> you know, it is It's my jam, but, uh, for some reason I missed. <laughs> no, but, um, so he was on a podcast and he was talking about, uh, sex education for his kids and he talks about that. This is pretty wild. He says, not only have we had the conversation, we have yearly trips to the gynecologist to check her hymen. He says, yes, I go with her. I will say, as of her 18th birthday, her hymen is still intact.
2: Oh, dear God.
1: He acknowledged a woman's hymen can be broken because it's considered a sign that uh, that they've had sex. Uh, that a- He acknowledged that a woman's hymen can be broken outside of sexual activity, but countered by saying... So then they come and they say, well, I just want you to know that there are other ways besides sex that the hymen can be broken, like bike riding, athletics, horseback riding, and just other forms of athletic physical activity. So I say, and I'm quoting, look, doc, she don't ride no horses. She don't ride no bike. She don't play no sports. Just check the hymen, please, and give me back my results expeditiously.
2: How awkward for every person in that room involved Mm -hmm. in this. All that
3: bad grammar. Mm. (laughs) Yes.
4: That I mean too. it's awkward for everybody
3: listening right now.
4: Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: Well, Seriously? here's here's the deal, you know, so obviously there was a uh, sort of a seismic wave that emanated from this uh this story uh and all different takes on it, but um yeah, imagine you're the the gynecologist and by the way, um I think what's probably happening is the gynecologist college it's just banging his daughter so oh that's God. probably the, in but,
1: 2018 by the way virginity tests like these were condemned by the united nations agencies the world health organization uh, un human rights and un women a statement read this medically unnecessary and oftentimes painful humiliating and traumatic practice must end who states that there is no evidence that either method can prove whether a
3: woman or girl has had intercourse or not well also this you know, you 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 uh, you guys have kids, and obviously, as they, they get more mature, you explain sex and and so on and so forth, and and then you know, um, well, how? Let me ask, what's your take on this? How about a little bit of trust? Yeah, That's what I'm well. thinking. And privacy. And privacy. And privacy. privacy. I mean, exactly. listen, and maybe. Well, when... And could mom, if you're if you're, could you know? Yeah, this, why mom? is dad going? A, B, this, and the way he lays it out there, it's like I want to, I want my results.
4: Well, it also, I think it breeds um, secrecy in it, their relationship. And, you know, what, what I strive for and hope for with my relationship with my children is an open and honest conversation yeah, right. all the time. Right. No matter how painful it is to maybe hear something, yep. uh, because there are, there are two people that each of my children can count on no matter what, and that is me and my wife. you got to have that. Um, it? my, my dad stopped
3: checking my taint when I was 11. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, no, my wife is really good at that case. She is
1: great at that. <laughs> she is, she is so much better at that than I am as far as coming in to the kids and making sure that they, they know regularly, there is absolutely anything, no matter what, without question that you can't, that there's nothing you can't tell us. There's everything you can tell us. Uh-huh. So please be honest with us. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh. And, and
3: it can be awkward and weird and uncomfortable, but you, I think you owe that to your kids. Well, to go to, like, Footloose, how do you expect someone to be trustworthy if you don't
6: show you have a level of trust for them, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. I was driving my son home uh, from soccer practice last night, actually to uh, from soccer practice to dinner. And uh, I'm not going to go into the details of what he said after this statement, but he said, can I admit something to you? And just the fact that, uh, and I—he's a 13-year-old boy—and the fact that he came to me to admit something, and that he wanted to, um, that he trusted me enough to talk to me about it, yeah. was really—I uh, I felt really proud, and I felt I was proud of him for for being brave enough to talk it's to me cool. about it. And um, and we had an open and honest conversation about something that he had done that had gotten in a little bit of trouble. I've entered into a business relationship with Hyman Roth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hyman. But, yeah, getting back to the Hyman. Yeah. But, but I don't think that uh, if I were a judgy, preachy, uh, over-controlling helicopter parent, he would have uh, come to me for, for help and, and wanted to admit to something. That's to me. one uh, thing
3: my, my, like, again, you know, the, uh, growing up, it's just, okay – just just come and talk to us first. Yeah. Right? And, and 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 it'll be that case. I mean, listen, you you it's your prerogative to raise your kids the way you want, but the way that he posted the way he phrases this, yeah, it's like um uh, what is? What, it's, it's, like, it's, well, it, it sounds it,
1: like he's a fear God dad as well, and by that I don't mean that spiritually. I mean fear me, yeah, uh, yes. type of things. How if you do this, you are you know, yeah. that's what it sounds like to so me.
4: it's to me it sounds borderline abusive, right? Because it doesn't have to just be physical abuse; It can be mental and uh, mental torture as well. Kathy and I were talking a couple of weeks ago about people that we knew that were in relationships uh, with um, young adult women that had to answer to their father as if they were five-year-old girls. Oh, right. Girls that were like 21, 22 years old who had asked their father if they could go to the movies. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was... Um, it's ridiculous, and it's it's terrible. It's,
3: I under, it's, I understand wanting... Like and then, like he said, like,
4: for it's example... It's overprotective. Like
3: the, I understand that you want to make sure that your, your kid doesn't want to make mistakes, but also I think this is... that. I, I I'm I, well, I'm not going to presuppose to tell people how to how to raise their kids or this, but from this Ti story, it it seems I would feel very insulted and very demeaned if it's I bizarre. if I had to be brought in there like livestock, oh, yeah. to be checked. You yes, know?
1: absolutely. You know,
3: and uh, you know, and and being scared
1: to too. be scared uh, as what, what if uh, there's some kind of false positive yeah and then i have to tell then i have to defend myself that's no way to raise a child yeah. i don't think yeah.
6: anyway but yeah you know. also kids are eventually gonna have sex yeah. yes. you know? <laughs> so like there, there's that side of it too it's like uh, what if what if she had been sexually active well she mm-hmm. might be and she might be a master
4: of D's. you know what i mean because uh because she can't do the other stuff S&Ds? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
1: Oh, S and D's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That'll be her, uh, yeah. her rap. and Heinies. <laughs> yeah, it's all
3: uh, Peans and Heinies. Yeah. Now. Well, you know, that's T.I.'s competition hey. in the world of
6: rap is S and D's. Master S and D. Yeah, brother, my
3: name's Master S and D. You all know Doodle Teen. What? 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 All right, you guys are the S side, and you guys are the D side. <laughs> All right, and this is very contemporary rap. <laughs> it is. It's not. I don't, well, it's not like Ti's
4: had a
11: hit in a decade or two. I
3: don't know.
1: Did he have
11: any hits? I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, S and D's. S and D's.
1: Wow. Uh, well, it's pretty weird, man. I uh,
3: yeah. did you did you get the talk? Did you get the official talk from your um, my dad? Your dad? I did. I remember it. Okay. Clearly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I already of, knew everything. Sean, I want to tell you about S&D. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: uh, not going to taste good at first. We're going to talk about peens and heinies. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> peens and doodle peen. Uh, uh,
1: uh, yeah, my dad gave me the talk, and it was uh, awkward, and I pretty much knew what you do, how, <laughs> how, how babies are made, if that is. But um,
3: When does the cup come in? The
2: cup? Oh, no. my God.
3: Uh, I don't ever rec- – my mother kind of gave me a little bit of information. My dad probably in, sort of, but you. I ended up learning it. I had an older brother, and, and then you sort of accrued it that way. Steamed. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I still don't know how it works.
6: <laughs> there you go. Duh. But you Never. know how to shop at Target.
2: Never spoke a word of anything. I told you we we went to the zoo. And she was like, oh, here, this is how yeah. animals make babies. Will,
6: you talk to your own son about it.
2: Yeah, but listen, I I don't think that was the right thing to do was not have one word spoken about yeah.
1: <laughs> it. Well, I have something different. It's about a father giving a, a daughter advice, but it, and it didn't go so well. And uh, it's it doesn't have to do with sex. But I want to get your guys' take on this. All right. I'm, I'm curious about this. So a 52-year-old man. It was on a Reddit uh, thread. Uh, it said that he revealed he told his 24 year old daughter that she needed to lose weight in order to get the attention of men mm. now. But let me let me <clears throat> give you the backstory here, because I, wa- I want to see which side you guys take. So the dad wrote, my daughter is very overweight, five, three, about 200 pounds. So she's very short and obviously yeah. weighs a lot. She always talks about how she wants a boyfriend and she has never had one. He said she was saying that it's unfair that all her friends have boyfriends and get attention from guys. and how guys are a-holes who ne- never give her the time of the day. He then decided to give his daughter some advice. He explained, I told her delicately that it could be helpful to try to lose some weight. And that, and that unfortunately people are often shallow and that could be something that would help get her male attention, feel more confident and also generally be healthier. He added that he knew that it would be a sore spot, but in his mind, his intentions were good. His daughter, however, did not appreciate her dad's advice. He explained she yelled at me about how all guys are the same, even my effing dad, and stormed off. Hmm. The dad went on to say that he was only trying to to be helpful and said that she has no genetic predisposition to being overweight. She just eats quite a bit and does not get much exercise. Although some disagreed, most commenters did agree with the dad's approach. So... It's a touchy subject, but she's 24 years old and is going to her dad and, yes. you know, and this is what he believes. And I, I to be honest, I think it, 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 if he handled it the right way, I think that's okay to say to somebody.
3: He, listen, he he sees his daughter having a, a tough go of it and being, you know, twisted up about this. And he's trying in a way to to do right by also... Just on a on a health level, you want to make sure that she has a good long life. But she's complaining about this. I don't know. You know, it, it doesn't seem like from what the description is that he came at her in an arch way, right? Um, so, at the, at the maybe at the worst, I would say, you know, I don't know how he actually said it to her, but I think he was trying. It she sounds like his heart indicates is in the right it. place. Yeah. 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 I, now that's what he's saying. She yeah. But you know, people hear things in, in a much different way, and may, maybe that's not the place. You, 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 you know. I mean, and then there's also people say, well, th- then there you'll find somebody who appreciates appreciate you there's for that just too. who you are. There's that too. But yeah. if, but if 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 she's saying all guys are a holes,
1: and she's not having any luck, and she, then then you may have to you may have to change something about you, or you just keep looking and or keep
3: looking. Perhaps you will eventually find somebody. Hopefully. You exude more. Maybe he's saying you would exude more self confidence, or what? Who, who that knows? part of it? Too? I don't know. No, there, no. there have been people, you know.
6: I don't know. And that's what, a that's a tough one. And weight is such a sensitive issue for it everybody, is. you know. And, and so, um, you know, if she's overweight, she knows that she's overweight. So it's a tough thing for her to hear from anybody. Probably even worse to hear from her own father. But his his heart does seem like it's in the right place. Yeah. And yeah. dieting's hard. I mean, Sweetie, the, when
3: you're when you're done with that dead zebra, we need to talk. <laughs>
1: but and dieting's hard. You know, I mean, changing your lifestyle is. is difficult to do. At least in the beginning, it can become easy after a while. Yeah. And some people, I, I think it 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 seems like too much work. Or why should I have to work? You did know you
3: listen? I mean? Like, if your parents ever came to you with it with a, did your parents ever come to you with a with a bit of advice that? My parents always gave me good advice. You know, they always try. They, I, I never, I never thought they were interceding just to f with me. They were trying to get me to do something like, you know, "Oh, you're just saying I'm fat," or you know. My
6: grandfather, my mom's dad, once told me that my ass was getting big, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I was just like. And this was, you know, senior year of high school something like that. And, and I was I like, like... it. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was you're putting on some pounds. Yeah. Oh, and, try
2: uh, growing up in an Italian family. Well, he's the, the Italian. Oh, right. He's the okay, Italian was, side.
6: So my mom's dad... I didn't dad, realize
2: you had... Part, yeah, my okay. mom's
6: dad is Italian. My mom's half Italian, half Irish. And uh, and so that, it was just no filter. And it was yeah. uh, Nick, you're getting a fat ass. That's I was like,
2: exactly what it is. It's, it's no filter. That was yeah. uh, all of my aunts, my uncles, cousins, everybody. You gained like five pounds and they, the next holiday, they were sure to tell you mm-hmm.
1: in in a way of of uh hey, look you, at you. What do yeah what are you doing to yourself there you no, know
2: exactly like nick oh your you're ass putting on get, some weight your ass is getting big
1: yep okay wow
2: your boobs are big is because you're gaining weight <laughs>
3: wow.
2: all of it I didn't all get of, that of one, it oh but... you gain weight in your face
3: <laughs> wow nick oh. what are you a deep cup of disappointment <laughs> And what is it? How does that feel, <laughs> Kath?
1: When you hear something like that, Are I you mean, just used to that at that type of delivery.
2: To be honest with you, yeah, I mean it's it really is it's, it it's everybody, and it's not not it wasn't just towards me; it's towards anybody, whether you're male, you're sure. female. It's just it everybody got it. Just them, and who, then, who is
3: the biggest culprit for for, for that kind of candor
2: uh, on I mean, weight I,
3: assessment? It's,
2: it's every, everybody. It, it was everyone wow. on my Italian side of the family. That's yeah. all they are concerned about, okay. you know, is, is looking good and, yeah. you know, making sure you're fit. And if you did gain a little weight, then they'll let you know. Well, I see hmm. you it, purchased kind of... an
3: extra ass.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it wasn't like, I don't think it was mean. It was just yeah. like Nick said, no filter. You can do better. It
6: was, it was an observation yeah. uh, that was candid and <laughs> uh, you it could hurt. Uh, but yeah. it didn't matter yeah. you know that, those were the words that were coming out of his mouth, and he and kathy 's right he was he was not selective in his uh, assessment of people 's you know weight gain or anything like that. everybody got it equally what then, was your
1: What was your response when he said that? Oh, thanks, pop up <laughs> <laughs> and
2: then the other side of my family are like the fiery uh Irish people who were like, Get the hell out of here you don 't talk to people like that, you know, so everybody battled because the Italian side would say it, and then my mom's side of the family would be like, Screw you, wow
1: yeah yeah it's, it's wild it's yeah i guess i maybe it works for some people other people not but uh <laughs> the, the the daughter in this particular scenario got really upset and this guy says he was just trying to help so. i mean we
3: don't know the spe- you know the wh- how she perceived it how exactly he said it it seems like he was trying to do the right thing
1: i'm going to go to rachel hi rachel you're on the air good morning
9: good morning hey what's up Hey, so, um, after my divorce, my mom said the same thing to me. She's like, you're never going to find somebody unless you lose weight. Mm. I mean, you used you know, to make yourself look better. And it really yeah. hurt to hear that from her. But, um, I didn't really listen to her and it just kind of like not didn't pay attention to her. And I ended up finding somebody, my new, my husband now, who loves me exactly the way I am. Doesn't care about how much I weigh or what I look like. I mean, he does, but he loves me exactly the way I am. And
3: yeah, yeah and there's um, there's that point. So you heard just heard Preston reciting this this Reddit thread here and what the what yeah. the father tried, what he says he ch- tried to impart to her, and the way he tried. Did, did did that sound like too much to you, or did it sound like his heart was in the right place?
9: I mean, I think his heart was in the right place, but the girl. I mean, this girl knows she's overweight. No one wants to be. Overweight, right? I don't want to be fat. I'm yeah. not, I mean, if I could be thin, I would, and I'm always trying. I know I'm fat, you know. Yeah, but um, and I know, but there are guys out there that like overweight women. And and that's for, that's
3: fat. for sure. Yeah. It's, it's a, yeah. a, 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 and 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 you know, that's um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so
9: and my husband loves my body exactly the way it is, and he gets upset when I start to lose weight. So you know, <laughs> he likes me exactly the way I am, and it hurts. My mother had her heart in the right place, but. Yeah. You know, I know she didn't need to tell me I was overweight. I knew that.
3: No, that's a good point. It's not like it comes as news or, you know, but I mean, you again, some people there's nine nine thousand different, you know, things to say in in this scenario that, you know, you know, that some people are predisposed to be that way. You know, and other people say, well, it's 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 a health issue, but some people are healthy. You know, there's all different elements. Ultimately, it comes down to what makes you happy. When are you your happiest? You found somebody and you're good.
9: And I, once I knew that I was happy about myself, yeah, and the way I felt about myself, and I'm sorry, my daughter, <laughs> <laughs> hey, put on Disney. <laughs> um, but once I exuded the confidence of myself, regardless of my weight, that's when the men started paying attention to me.
5: There
3: you go. Con- I think confidence right. is really key.
9: Yeah. It is. All right. More attractive than anything.
5: Yeah. yeah.
1: Thank you, Rachel. Yeah. But listen, I do believe if, if right. you are way overweight, you owe it to 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 be healthy. To be healthy for the people in your life. Here's a story. 25-year-old guy, Matthew Hauser, told he had six months to live. Yeah. He'd been hospitalized once again because his weight was uh, coming in at over 800 pounds. So he was heading towards a bad way. He said, I was on my deathbed. I figured, well, this is it. Might as well start planning my funeral. Three years later... He's hardly recognizable to friends. He's lost nearly 600 pounds. Wow! And is continuing his weight loss journey. He said, "All of a sudden, one day, I was in the hospital, and then it just clicked. You need to do something. You need to change your life." Uh, it's the same thing. I think it's similar to uh, uh, people who have substance abuse. That at some point you can you just something goes okay. I got I've got to change my life. Ever since that day he keeps track of everything that he eats in a food journal, exercises at least uh two hours, sixty days each week. Uh he struggled with this weight since childhood. Uh he said he was experiencing depression, anxiety as a result. I got bullied a lot, didn't have many friends. My friends were basically food and TV. Uh but he no longer fears uh fears eye contact, loves connecting with new people, and by sharing his story, he wants more people hoping that they can make lifestyle changes they need. He said, it's going to be hard, but you can do it. He said in the beginning, it's important in the beginning to find any opportunities for movement, like walk into the mailbox and then track each of your calories as you go and chart your progress.
3: It takes work. It takes yeah. a lot of work.
1: But uh, if it's if you're at the point where it's affecting your health, you really you owe it to the other people in your lives. Do you know anybody who's had, had the, uh,
3: the massive uh, weight reduction and had to get the, uh, the ex- excess uh, skin sheared off? How does that work? I, I, I,
2: what, I, the, the excess skin? Yeah. Yeah, it's like another surgery. Yeah, My guess is they,
4: they start pulling at your feet and then they just machete it off. I mean, it's uh, when you're losing 600 pounds. Th- there's a whole bunch of excess
3: skin. Yeah. And that, so the body can re-acclimate and reconfigure, oh. but not to that level. Mm. Yeah, you've, you've definitely, you don't have enough elasticity right, in your yeah, skin yeah.
1: To, for it to pull back. So you got to go and essentially go to, a, you know, like a plastic surgeon. Yeah. Who, it can, they can do all this stuff. But it, it has happened. People have lost that amount of weight. I saw, actually, I ran into a guy at the grocery store not that long ago who had told me that he lost like three 400 pounds wow. or something like that. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty wild. And he was going to eventually get the surgery done. Yeah uh but uh it's it's wild, so all right anyhow, didn't mean to get down in a, in a we heavy... did some some big life topics today we man. did role models
3: we did uh how to talk to your 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 kids we talked about what what to do if your roommate is a werewolf. how about that? <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. these are life lessons. these are things
1: we need to know. You'd be better for it. Yeah, suck it, Dr. Phil. All right, so we're <laughs> going to take a break. In fact, let's be happy. All right. Let's all go to the happy place. Yeah. We have Preston and Steve Knight one week from tonight at the happy place at the King of Prussia Mall. And we're going to have happy music. And we're going to have you on board. A family four-pack i will take call number 17 at 215-263-WMMR, 6 to 8 p.m. next Thursday. If you'd like to get tickets, are available. This event's going on through January 5th. You can do it at happyplace.me. It is called the most Instagrammable pop-up in America. So call number 17. You will join us. 215-263-WMMR. We'll be back in a moment. Wayne Thursday from 7 to 9 at Duffer's Tavern, 192 Route 352 in Glen Mills for the Bud Light Platinum Thursday night huddle. Enter to win Eagles
13: tickets and sign Eagles merch courtesy of Bud Light Platinum and enjoy $3 Bud and Bud Light drafts and
0: bottles. 93.3 WMMR. Everything and everywhere that rocks.
6: Mr. Mac Wayne is out and about tonight with your chance to win all kinds of good stuff, right? Yeah, i at Duffer's. They were here yesterday. We love those guys. Casey, I know you did it last year. Uh It's the Bud Light Platinum Thursday night huddle. 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. tonight, and uh, we do have tickets for the Eagles game against the Giants on the 9th of uh, December, which is uh, really cool, and then a Brandon Brooks signed helmet as well. So uh, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., all sorts of Bud Light specials. These events are a really good time. Uh, Alexa from the calendar from this year, this year or last year, and then also Julie Nicole is going to be there as well. So some cool calendar girls, and uh, we always have fun at these events. So hope you can uh, join us tonight, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Enjoy. Let's get to the Bizarre file. now. Bizarre. WMMR. Kristen and
0: Steve's And it's brought to you by HERS,
1: a Philly hometown favorite for generations. Whether you're hosting a tailgate or grabbing a snack on the go, wherever you're snacking, make it Philly, Philly, and grab a bag of your favorite HERS flavors. HERS, forever good. Uh, so a New Zealand woman lost at sea for two days, survived by eating a handful of candy. Or, see? Yeah, See? <laughs> 45 year old Kushila uh, Stein was vacationing on a sailboat near the Greek island of uh You're uh, just
3: Fulagandros.
1: She boarded an inflatable boat on Friday to get supplies. A day later, Greek authorities alerted that she was missing. She was found Sunday morning, 40 miles southwest of Fulagandros. And Stein said in a statement uh, I was just blown away, literally blown away in my dinghy. <laughs> Uh, she also it's a Christopher Cross song, isn't it? Blown away, Blown away my, my dinghy. Might have been. Uh, she also revealed that she survived on candy that she had with her and wrapped herself in three plastic bags that she had in her bag to keep herself warm at night. Uh, she also wore a red bag on her head. <laughs> so that Look, she,
3: I'm a pimento.
1: That she would be easily spotted. <laughs> so she was uh, saved with the candy. Uh, kept her alive.
3: When oh, you see someone with a red bag on their head?
1: In Tennessee, a woman is recovering after being attacked by a white-tailed deer while she was getting the mail on Monday. Now, the deer...
3: Deer don't like you to get the mail.
1: Listen to this story. The deer, which was a a year-and-a-half-old, four-point, weighing about 75 pounds, was treated like a pet in the neighborhood. uh, And officers had to euthanize it after the attack. Now, the deer came up from behind the woman, slammed her to the ground outside of a business. Wildlife officer said the deer began goring the woman with its antlers. After the woman fought back and latched onto the deer's antlers, the deer dragged her and continued to attack. At, at that point, three people who saw what was going on came to help the woman and got her to safety. Uh, she is now in the hospital with serious injuries. The attack was unprovoked, but Bruce Harris, who says his neighborhood owns the deer, doesn't believe that. He says, I'd say she's a liar. She's a liar. <laughs> If she hadn't grabbed a hold of his antlers, I think she would have. None of this would have happened.
3: Huh. Harris said the There's deer. There's a little bit of a conspiracy
1: theory here. This is pretty lengthy, by the way. So All right. Harris said the deer, called Louie, was gentle and would never have harmed anyone. He said that his three-year-old granddaughter used to paint its nails. She also painted That's its weird. antlers orange so that no one would shoot him. Uh huh. She said my granddaughter used to come up to him. She used to tap him on the back of his legs. Give him her, He'd give him his hoof. And she'd paint them fingernails polish. Right
3: there in front of me, the goddamnest thing I ever saw. (laughs) And that, he says, that's how dangerous she was. Uh, Meaning the deer. (laughs) It it, 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 it was beautiful to watch.
1: (laughs) Harris said the whole neighborhood. Little girl loving
3: that old deer and that dumb bitch gets you killed.
1: Uh, Harris said the whole neighborhood played with the deer and fed it. One neighborhood Stroked it and pet it. One neighborhood, one neighbor even uh, planted extra cherry tomatoes for the deer. When officers tracked the deer down, they noticed that it was wearing an orange collar and acted unnaturally humanized. It
3: was talking. <laughs> I suddenly can talk,
9: and I want you to know how much I cherish my time with your daughter.
1: Uh, you're the best deer ever. <sighs> Harris said the collar was another deterrent to keep hunters from shooting the deer. He took. Exce- are you
3: wearing spats?
1: He took exception on uh, to how wildlife officers treated the animals. Said I was out there when they came out and got him. Mm. Very dramatic. They acted like uh, they acted like they didn't care. You know, you know how they are when they come in, not caring about the deer with their toes painted. Whenever they started to load him, instead of nicely, they grabbed him by the antlers. They just threw him in the truck. <laughs> Harris said that he has no remorse for what happened to the woman. Said no, none whatsoever. Damn. Liar. What? He said, Why should Liar! I? He said, Why should I? You grab a deer by the antlers, I don't care how tame it is. He thought she wanted to play. <sighs>
3: <laughs> oh, okay. It's the moment of play, that's
1: all. A criminal investigation is ongoing. It is not permitted in the state of Tennessee, by the way, to keep a white-tailed deer as a pet. Yeah, if you'll
3: excuse me, i got to go back to my trailer and rub myself.
1: Except for zoos
3: and authorized wildlife rehabilitators. So this guy was clearly emotionally connected to the deer. He was very attached. And the other woman uh, was gored by it. That's mm-hmm. correct, yeah. So we have a conflict here.
1: We do. Well, the Catholic Church has launched an investigation into two missionary nuns who were discovered to be pregnant while working in Africa. Whoopsie. Despite their vows of chastity. The two women who... What does chastity mean again? ...who reportedly belong to separate (laughs) religious orders in Sicily, Italy, are both now facing pressure to quit the church after discovering that they were expecting children. One of the nuns, a mother superior, by the way, only realized she was pregnant when she visited the hospital complaining of stomach pains. Uh, Both nuns are believed to be originally from Africa and were posted to their home continent as part of their charity missions. However, the scandal has caused consternation among the clergy. A church source in Rome said it appears that both women were back in their home nations and obviously had some form of sexual encounter. It's believed that uh, both nuns uh, now have returned to Italy to prepare for the births of their children. And I'm going to do one more story. Let's go with this. A Louisiana man was arrested after stealing an electric-powered shopping cart from Walmart to avoid getting a DUI.
3: (laughs) This happens a lot, actually.
1: Bryce Kendall Williams was charged with felony unauthorized use of a movable movable after driving the motorized shopping cart over a half mile away from (laughs) one bar to another. He was bar hopping in this thing. This Walmart cart. His mom was set at $2,500. The deputy yeah, respond- this up. responded to a bar <laughs> in uh, Halma, Louisiana, around 1230 a.m. after receiving a complaint about someone arriving to a bar in a shopping cart.
3: Boy, oh, boy, that looks like one of them there Walmart carts.
1: When the deputy arrived, he found the shopping cart parked between two cars in the bar's parking lot. <laughs> cool. Williams told the responding deputy that he was at a different bar and thought that if he drove his car, he could get charged with a DUI. Instead, Williams opted to steal the electric shopping cart, which is meant for disabled people, and drive it to a different bar.
3: He was actually inside trying to buy a remote start for it. (laughs) And there you go.
1: That's what I have in the bizarre file for you at this point in time. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll test your knowledge on today's particular program. Have you been listening all morning? Well, we'll find out because we're going to ask a question from earlier in the show. See if you know the answer to that. We'll also get the trash and music news back in a moment.
10: Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Back with more of the Preston and Steve show podcast. Hopefully your road is leading
1: you somewhere today, or maybe you're just aimlessly driving. You guys ever do that? Ever get
3: out? I do enjoy to, uh, yeah. going out for a drive periodically. Yeah, my daughter and I have been doing that. Um, That's how I left my last family. <laughs>
1: a lot lately. We've just been getting in the car. Listening to music and going wherever the road takes us. And it's kind of fun. I enjoy just kind of aimlessly driving. I've been finding some spots, you know, have never been down that road before. Let's go down there and see what's down The road there. not taken. The road less traveled. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So it's four minutes after 10 o'clock. I'm going to ask a question of you about today's program. And we're going to give away, if for your correct answer, a pair of tickets. As MMR rocks Sturgill Simpson. And this will be March 14th at the Met. And the question I have for you this morning is, according to Casey, Marissa is like, what kind of drug for our show? (laughs) 215-263-WMMR. According to Casey, Marissa is like, what kind of drug for our show? And you had to have heard it earlier this morning in order to get the prize. It's got to be correct. the correct answer. So let's see if you know. 215-263-WMMR. Call right now. We are going to do the trash while you're calling in. The trash business
0: is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash.
1: And it is brought to you by Worldwide Stereo's 40th anniversary mega sale. Three days and two locations. One crazy sale in store only November 8th, 9th, and 10th. At the Montgomeryville and Ardmore stores, biggest sale in 40 years. Details at WorldWideStereo.com. What's going on, Steve? Well,
3: Todd and Julie Chrisley of the reality show Chrisley Knows Best are asking the judge in their federal tax evasion case for permission to travel to the Cayman Islands for Thanksgiving. In fact, Todd Chrisley took it a step further, swearing in a personal letter to the judge that he would not run away with, quote, some muscle-bound beach studs because he's not gay and is happily heterosexual and married and doesn't even think about muscular beach studs with big <laughs> muscles.
5: <laughs> yeah!
3: Mama June has all but gone totally off the radar. She faces multiple charges, including possession of narcotics. Friends and family are so concerned for Mama June that they are quietly celebrating. Uh-huh. Hey! And finally, the flashy socks. This is amazing. The flashy socks Michael Jackson moonwalked in from the classic Motown anniversary special are expected to fetch $2 million at auction. Whoa. The socks are unique because of their intricate embroidery and also because they still smell of chloroform.
1: <laughs> that's your Hollywood track. $2 million. Wow. Yep. That's massive. It's crazy. All right. see if somebody knows the answer to this question. According to Casey, Marissa, it's like, what kind of drug to our show? 215-263-WMMR. It is John who we're going to try out. John, good morning. Good morning. All right, John, what kind of uh, drug is Marissa? Crack. Crack. Yep. Yeah.
4: Yeah. 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 You didn't know. Uh, what was your... You didn't know you need, we needed... We didn't know we needed her until we had her.
1: Until we had her. And there you go. We needed her. All right, John, hang on the line. We're going to get your information. We're going to give you... A pair of tickets is MMR Rock's Sturgill Simpson, produced by the Bowery, presents a good-looking tour, March 14th at the Met. And uh, tickets are on sale Friday at 10 a.m. via SturgillSimpson.com. Complete details at WMMR.com. Now, Preston and
0: Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's Kathy, by the way.
5: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Brought to you this morning by Deeds and Watson, the official deli meat, cheese, franks, and sausages of the Eagles. Start your pregame with their fan favorite. 100% all beef franks. Any idea what you were doing when you were screaming like that? Ooh. I don't remember.
6: Are you trying to impersonate my hawk sound? I think Steve challenged It had something
2: been. to do with... Yes, with birds. I know yeah. it did have to do with birds. I thought you were, you were uh, in
6: trying
3: to impress Richard Gere. <laughs>
2: no, I don't think that's what I was doing. I, I think really it's don't maybe, remember. yeah,
1: of, of Nick's caw or whatever sound he did. It was supposed right. to be like a peahen.
6: And like, I think uh, uh, that. Uh, yeah.
1: I think it's you right. doing your version of that. <laughs> yeah.
3: By All the right. way, that sound that you hear, there is a movie called the The, the Giant Claw. And the creature, the large bird in that movie makes a sound that's almost exactly like Kathy's bird call. Oh, really? <laughs> if we can find that sound, you'll, right. you can compare and contract.
1: We're going to start with this. Stone Sour will release its first official live album. It's called Hello, You Bastards, live in <laughs> Reno. Uh, December 13th is when that comes out. 16 of the band's most popular tracks captured at a single show, including Absolute Zero, Through Glass, Brother, Get Inside, and Song Number 3. All recorded live on October 5th. 2018, it will be available on CD, digitally, and as a numbered 180-gram double vinyl package, uh, limited to just 2,500 copies. With you list- <laughs> bastard! Also includes a poster and backstage pass, guitar pick, autograph set list, and downloaded car- and download card. Uh, guitarist Josh Rand said, This is the Reno show in its entirety. Just how it went down on October 5th, 2018. We're extremely proud of the fact that it's 100% live with absolutely no overdubs. It's not perfect, but neither are we. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes they do edits on uh, live albums. They do, and they'll
3: put a couple of shows together, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Coldplay has teased another new track for their upcoming album, Everyday Life, and it veers into decidedly darker and more political territory for the British band. Titled Guns, a snippet of the song was released yesterday on the group's Instagram. The song and accompanying artwork both tackle the American gun control debate. Uh, The tune is the opening track for the second half of Everyday Life, which is subtitled Sunset. The first half of the record is subtitled Sunrise. Uh, The song seems to take a darker turn than the first two songs released from the record. Those were Orphans and Arabesque. Everyday Life arrives on November 22nd and follows up 2015's A Head Full of Dreams. Flea has opened up about his longtime relationship with Chili Peppers frontman Anthony Kiedis, both in a new interview with The Guardian and his new memoir, Acid for the Children. What's he say? Which arrived on Tuesday. He said he recalled that Kiedis was unlike anyone he had ever met, adding, Among my friends, I was the guy who was always trying to do something that would freak people out, and then I met Anthony and he matched me step for step. We got up to all kinds of crazy ass. Uh, He also described Anthony as controlling in the memoir, but he Mm. declined to elaborate on it to the Guardian, saying the two bandmates had issues between them that he wasn't willing to discuss. But Flea did say, he doesn't accept that I'm different and that things that excite me may not excite him. He's looking to be the alpha. Uh, Flea also explained how Ketis' drug abuse affected him over the years, saying... It's painful and scary and sad because the rationale of someone who's a drug addict is disingenuous and hollow and misguided. Elsewhere in the memoir, Flea described his own battles with drug addiction and his grief when early Chili Peppers guitarist Hillel Slovak had died. Of an overdose at the age of only twenty six. So that's one I wouldn't mind thumbing through. How
6: I'd long have like they to... been bandmates,
1: him and Anthony? They Decades. they've been known they've known each other since high school. Wow. Yeah, so they've been friends that long. And I'm not sure when the Red Hot Chili Pepper started, if it was during high school or not, but they go back that far. And then finally it seems as though there just may be more than four members of KISS on stage for the band's final show. Uh, it's been reported oh. that KISS manager Doc McGee shed some light on the uh, the plan for the band's farewell gig, July 17, 2021, at the venue to be determined in the hometown of New York City. Uh, during a formal chat with fans on board the KISS cruise, McGee revealed that Ace and Peter will be and have been invited to come and play with us anytime Like I always say, people in New York would love to see Joe Namath still play football for the Jets. Joe Namath was our original (laughs) bassist. (laughs) He says, uh, unfortunately, he can't. We want to include everybody that played with Kiss to celebrate the 45 years of Kiss. Uh, Of the nine official members of Kiss, only two have passed on. Drummer Eric Carr, best known to fans as the Fox, replaced Peter Criss behind the drums on the road in 1980. Illness forced Carr to step down from the ban in 1990. He died at age 41 from complications.
3: Alas, though, I tried hard. I wanted him to dress as a chicken. He, <laughs> he would not.
1: He wouldn't do it. Yeah, he okay. felt it was not flattering. Uh, he died from a rare form of heart cancer. He preferred cancer. the furtive nature of a fox. <laughs> in 1991. Over the more majestic Poultry. I understand. Well, you know, I'm glad you gave him at least the leeway. The life is full of regrets. The uh, yes, the common courtesy to let him be a fox. Uh, by the way, he died on the same day as Freddie Mercury. Is
3: that right? Yeah. Well, that's that's a. I mean, that's a bummer because mm-hmm. that's yeah. going to eclipse. Yep.
1: And then, Vinnie Vincent's replacement, a guy named Mark St. John, played on the Animalize album. And uh, only performed two full shows with the band before leaving in 1984 when he was replaced by Bruce Kulik. Again, Side 2 was supposed to be called Chickens. St. <laughs> uh, <Saint> John died. <laughs> there was going to be like one track on Side 2 that was right. just Chickens? Like a a Pink Floyd.
3: Okay. Like um, uh, the, uh, the Animals album. Right. Okay. There was uh, Dogs, I think, on one side, right? And yeah. And uh, we wanted to have Chickens on the second two. side. Uh, St.
1: John died on April 5th of 2007 due to a brain hemorrhage uh, brought on by accident. I'm not laughing at him having no, died of it a is brain funny hemorrhage. when people die of horrible
3: things. I, I, I understand. You don't have to explain.
1: <laughs> and, uh, Nick, why did you pull up uh, a
6: Wikipedia page of Anton Fig? Because he was a drummer for the band for a hot minute. And Stop it. Yeah, and I didn't know if he would be involved. And I also wanted to remember if Anton was still alive or not.
11: He Anton
3: Fig produced uh, he produced um Nirvana did he not No, no you're that's thinking Butch of Bruce Vig. Vig Butch Vig Anton Fig
1: hold on it's Butch Vig yes. Anton Fig was a drummer for the uh, Letterman show the Ooh. late night with David Letterman What's the thing when you put
6: ginger up your ass That's fig oh. <laughs> Fig newtons all right Now we're clear uh, But Anton was in Kiss for a hot minute and I was wondering if he would be invited to uh, any of this. When was he in Kiss Man I don't know I met Anton Right Faye. before the chicken tour. Oh, okay. Uh, I have a legit kiss question, now. Seven, 79 and 80. Please ask.
4: When um, members were replaced, did yes. they wear the makeup of the member that they were replacing? They Some do day, now. Didn't they? Okay. Yeah, yeah. They do now.
1: They didn't before because Eric Carr, he had a different, he was the fox. His, he was his, the fox. Okay. His uh, makeup was different. And Vinnie Vincent, I don't know what he, oh, he had the onk. Remember, we talked about that not that long. Which was stupid. Yes. Onk, onk.
3: <laughs> Sai Hong Kong. Sai Hong Kong, Kong. You're gonna be Nell. <laughs> what? In the band? <laughs> That's right. All right. Star Child. And you're Nell. Yes. The toothless, backwards imbecile. Yes. <laughs>
1: Regarding co-founders Ace Freely, Peter Criss, and the band Second League guitarist Vinnie Vincent McGee said, we're still looking at where, uh, what we're going to do on the final show of KISS. And yes, they've all been talked to about it, so I can see us doing something.
3: They need to. I mean, yeah. So this is the final, again, this is not the final show ever of KISS. This is the final show of their touring life on this scale, correct? No, this is it, dude. This is the
1: farewell gig. Uh, really? July 17th, 2021. And that's when they're going to be done touring anymore. So, yeah. I think there's still a lot to do. Uh, so they said that, uh, yeah, we've spoken to those guys about it. It's very difficult, though, when people say, okay, you should bring up Ace and Peter. But, I mean, how do you do that when you have two cat men and two spacemen? So we need a larger cat box. You say, okay, you don't wear makeup, you don't wear makeup, and you wear makeup. And then we go, well, that was my makeup. Who did
3: I tell to wear makeup?
1: And I don't know. So uh, they're working on it. There you go. But everybody's gonna be involved somehow or you're not. going to be a liger. And that a liger?
4: <laughs> Probably my favorite <laughs> animal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, and that's all I have in music news for you. Let's take a break, shall oh. we? Well yes. well, we
4: have a couple of different things. We got the giant claw bird sound. Okay. And oh. we have the origin of Kathy's bird call. Ooh. Which right. one do you hit want to hear first? Uh, origin. The, the origin, yes. Origin okay. story always. All right. There you go. <laughs>
3: One more time. Now that you got it.
5: <laughs>
3: That's what it was. You sound like a monster. Thank
5: you. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Actually,
3: you
1: sound like the annoying wife of that raven. <laughs> wow. Okay. And then we have the actual. From what's the movie called? The
3: Giant Claw. The classic. Giant Claw. Yeah. It's about a huge chicken. Uh, <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's a 60s science fiction movie. It's horrible. Right, here we go. similar in
1: tone. It's a little more rapid fire.
5: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're looking at a clip of this. That's the
3: stupidest thing I've ever seen. It's horrible. So they the uh, as the story goes and this is the truth, this movie was oh made and God. the they had the actors, the script is actually pretty good. And they farmed the special effects out to a, a, a movie special effects house in Mexico. Yeah. And so the night of the premiere, <laughs> they'd never seen the effects of the movie. I, it, it literally looks like like they put a mop hand, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's how bad the thing looks. And they were just, oh, my God, what are we watching? It's funny.
1: All right. All right. Now let's take a break. Come back in a second. Get that letter today for the Word of the Week prize. we got two letters to go, so don't miss it. We'll be right back.
0: The President's and Steve Show Podcast, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. Man, I'm starting to hit a brick wall. I'm getting tired, man.
3: You a little better today,
0: but... I feel uh, feel a
3: smidge better than I did yesterday, but I'm still uh, physically pretty wiped out. I know. We had our conference call last night, and I told you throughout the course of yesterday, I was encountering a number of people who commiserated with you and Marissa. Yeah. This sort of energy-sucking. It's not like a stomach virus or anything, but it's just a... uh, it's, a, it's a, like a cold. Mine was sore throat
1: and congestion, chest congestion, and then it just turned into just lethargy, just, yeah. you know, malaise, whatever whatever that description is. You know, when you just feel mm-hmm. bad, you know, and that's what it was. So, But finally today, feeling a little bit better. But I went to bed at freaking 745 oh, last wow. night. Wow. Yeah, so that helped. Um, but anyhow, and Marissa says she's feeling a little bit better. So whatever this is, it's got a it's it's fairly quick shelf life. But, yeah, it's got a, a week on it tops as far as feeling really really bad goes. But nonetheless, today has been fun, and I would like to thank Dave Landau. Yeah, uh,
3: Dave was great. Dave was great.
1: He's going to be at uh, Helium tonight. There's one show at eight o'clock, and then Friday and Saturday there are two shows you can access. Those are at seven thirty and ten p.m. So go see Dave's good guy. Uh, let me see, and I guess the only other thing, other than thanking our sponsors and finding out what's up tomorrow, uh, is the letter of the day. So, Case, you want to handle that? Yeah, I can probably do it. Here we go.
0: Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter.
4: All right, and the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. I think the letter is going to be N, as in Nanapuya.
1: All right, N as in Nanapuya. And don't forget that we have a pair of tickets Venable, Yeah, three, count them, three sold-out WMMR concert events. Tool, November 18th at the Wells Fargo Center. The Struts, November 28th at the Fillmore. And Greta Van Fleet who will be performing December 29th at the Met. So we'll give all three of those away tomorrow, and you will be set for the season as far as concerts go. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we'll just uh, thank our sponsors and you ready to be on our merry way. The president I keep eye, I keep an eye on the door the door.
2: I can hear it in your voice. You're like, well, is he coming? Oh,
1: I just saw pancake. He gave me the he ain't coming back. Oh, yeah. oh,
3: Well, he's out or shrugged shoulders. So. He's out in his car listening to Rupert Holmes.
1: Rupert yeah. Holmes. Yeah. Well, after yesterday, we brought him back around. Oh, absolutely. He
2: wanted to hear the song one more time, yeah. just to be sure.
1: <laughs> we could play it for him. Okay. All right. So uh <laughs> I want to thank our sponsors. President C Show brought today by Meineke, America's Choice for Auto Report pair. Also brought to you by Family & Company uh, Jewelers. Uh, South Jersey's largest diamond destination, Route 70 in Marlton, New Jersey. Uh, Tonight, Nick McWayne, you are
6: at Duffers, right? Yes, sir. 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's in uh, Delco and Glen Mills and uh, great Bud Light specials. Uh, you can win tickets to the Eagles, Giants game, and a Brandon Brooks autographed helmet.
1: Can I suggest something that sure. you eat while you're there to anybody who's going? Whatever that Brussels sprout thing they right? had was
6: yesterday. <laughs> mm. So good. Oh, my God. Yeah, the chicken, uh, the Brussels sprouts, everything that they brought in yesterday was top notch.
1: And it was unexpected, too. I'm like, oh, okay, roasted Brussels sprouts, whatever. I'll pop one in my mouth. I'm like, what did you make these with? They were fantastic.
6: Whoa! Yeah. So get those
1: while you're there. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, tomorrow on our program, <laughs> Mr. Kevin Smith will be in our studio. Hey. Love it. Love it. The Kevin Smith conversations are awesome. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing him tomorrow. And uh, it's Friday. So we give away a word of the week prize and wrap up whatever we got, man. That's it. We are done. Rage on and have a great day, gang. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.
4: the Greston
0: and Steve Love You line.
4: I can't comprehend why sometimes you look on your paycheck. They're at the very bottom where they deduct from the taxes.
10: Sometimes they'll just say remainder. But they'll tell you what it is. This is crooked.
9: Screw you people. Next message.
10: Oh my God, Greston! Oh!
9: Next
12: message. All right, you guys, guys, do me a favor. You got to tell Pierre to stop saying F-ing gymnasium. Just tell him the gym. You know how girls hate the word voiced? I hate gymnasium.
0: The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484 434 MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack,
11: sell them for less.